That Force Radio. That Force Radio is rated M for mature. Or should that be immature? Hey guys, Dustin Wint. Hey, this is Scott Snyder. This is Paul Dini. And you're listening to Bat Force Radio. And you're listening to Bat Force Radio. You're listening to Bat Force Radio. This is Tom King. I write Batman Bitch. And this is Bat Force Radio. All right, welcome to Bat Force Radio, the DC Batman with no podcast. Wow, dude. That's, <laughs> that's three for three. I, I love it. That's this is the third time in a row. I love in a row that I fucked up an intro. <laughs> it's so fun. Jesus. Though. Leave that in. Welcome back to Bat Force Radio, the DC Batman podcast with no limits. Jesus Christ. It took forever. Uh, very special episode tonight. Um, let's go around the round table, get that out of the way first. I am Batforce Tom in California. We got Grandpa Batman in Texas. Please rate and review. We got Robin D. Cross in Canada. Good afternoon. We got the Batforce Times in New York. And uh, we have a very special, uh, we have a set of guests tonight. But before we get to that, uh, we got to take care of some business. Um, we want to thank a very special sponsor for this episode, Healy and Son. Tailors and shirt makers serving the royal counties and southeast England, specializing in beautiful hand-finished garments cut to the exact dimensions and requirements of each individual client. Formerly the tailoring arm of black tie menswear, Healy & Sons tailoring history stretches back to the 1960s and journeys through many iconic tailoring houses such as Conway Williams of Brook Street and Gibbs and Hawks of Seville Row. Healy & Sons aims to make beautiful, traditional West End-style tailoring accessible to every gentleman, regardless of budget. Um, so, Thank you, Healy & Sons. All right. There you go. Cool. Uh, and it's actually uh, pretty nice that we have Graham from Healy & Sons on tonight, correct? Yes. Hello. How are you doing? And uh, also with you tonight, um, we have uh, an incredible scene-stealing actor who has appeared in uh, Head Full of Honey, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, Game of Thrones, and most recently as Gary in Todd Phillips' Joker. Lee Gill, everybody. Mm. <laughs> awesome. awesome. That was a nice enjoy. Cheers, guys. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a pleasure to have you guys. And, yeah. um, I mean, I don't even know. It's it's crazy where we can start here. But let's start with Graham. Uh, Graham, so you are um, – you have a shop, correct? Yeah. Yeah, so I've, um, I've, been a, I've been in tailoring for about 20 years or so now. Uh, my dad was a, uh, a several row tailor. I mean, he's done a bunch of stuff, but, you know, that's where he really kind of cut his teeth. Mm. Um, so I've got a shop in Berkshire in England, and I do, I specialize in, like, uh, bespoke handcraft hand tailoring, basically. Um, yeah. Yeah, so that's kind of what I do. Uh, and you came across you came across our radar because um, I started seeing that uh, the Bat Force, um, you know, you started tagging us, and, and I just started seeing these, like, these suits. I'm like, holy shit, like, these Joker-inspired suits that that uh, this actor Lee and at the time this was before the movie had come out so I wasn't even mm. aware of the fact that like Lee was in the film it just looked like this guy was wearing this actor has been wearing these like Joker handcrafted suits I'm like what the fuck this is insane <laughs> and then lo and behold you know more information the movie comes out and then we see that uh, he's actually uh, a star in the film and uh, you were able to create these amazing specific and uh, customized suits for Lee for the premieres and uh, some of the press tours that he was a part of for the movie, right? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it, I've, I've been 
doing some stuff for, for Lee for a while. Um, but the, you know, when when Lee told me that this was going to be happening for him, like obviously, you know, it was a massive buzz. I should say, I mean, I've been following the Bat Force for a while. You know, I'm a big DC fan, Batman fan. Oh, thank you. Um, so when he mentioned that, I mean, me and Lee are both comic book fans, so. Mm. It was a huge thing for both of us. Like, really, when you know, when he gave me the news that he was going to be in the Joker, I was like, "What the fuck?" You know. It was <laughs> so um, immediately we were like, "Okay, we're going to have to do something really special for this because, like, this is a this is a turning point, right?" You know, Lee's been in a bunch of stuff, but um, this is a big one for him. You know, and um, so it was a good opportunity for me, obviously, to get my name out there, and I I didn't want to do it by half, but um, well. Half the amount of material. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, like I, I knew I wanted to do something special for it, but similarly, my cutting style, like the style that we have at the shop, is very English. It's very timeless. Mm. So you know, I didn't, I didn't want to cheapen like anything that he was doing. Right. I wanted him to look really legit and um, really elegant. You know, and keep things. You know like like what i'm known for basically i didn't i didn't want to go kind of too much of a statement but i knew similarly that it had to be joker inspired you know i had to draw those influences because you know I've, I've always been such a fan and um it gave me the opportunity to sort of uh flex some creative muscle and um mm. you know yeah, it, was a, it was a cool experience but that's kind of how it came about so it, i guess it was maybe like six months ago we started with them yeah like design stuff you know ideas and you know we knew we wanted to have those iconic colors and things like that mm. the lining was the biggest one you know the big statement for it which was um like that kind of killing joke inspired ha 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 which was actually all done on microsoft paint because <laughs> oh, wow. uh, the, the original idea was that i wanted to have that you know that panel of uh from the killing joke of yeah. the joker you know bleeding oh. head but the, the it was too much of an issue, like with um, because it was going to be used for promotional purposes, um, like have rights and stuff to use it. So I was like, screw it, you know, I'll, I'll just do my own thing. So there I was for like three hours on Microsoft Paint, just scrolling ha 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 <laughs> over and over, and then had it had it printed up into a lining, and then you know cut it for the suit. So we had oh, so that's your own handwriting in there. Yeah, it's my own. Yeah, oh, that's okay, awesome. cool. That's fine. cool. So it was. Yeah, it was a commitment. <laughs> you know, there was no, no one. Yeah. I like I can't. Yeah, they, they, they couldn't have come out any better. Like mm. I was, I was in the mood with Hurricane. It was easy for me. I just had to turn up a few times and try them on. So uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All, all credit goes to Graham there. And obviously, like being my size, I can't just go go out and buy a suit off the hanger. So like, yeah. when when you go to premieres and stuff, it's like the coolest thing ever. That. One of my best buddies is a tailor. So. Yeah, that's awesome. That's pretty <laughs> handy. gold right there. Pretty big needs. Yeah. You know? yeah. Well, the other thing for, like, from a tailoring standpoint as well, that there's, um, like, I feel that it's cool that little people now are getting, they're getting roles that aren't, like, cliche for little people. Right. You know, yeah. obviously, Peter Dinklage being the big one, right? You know, they're, they're playing roles as normal people, which is what it should be about, right? Mm, and, right. um, like the fact that they're little people is secondary to the role, right? Just yeah. the way the Muslim should be, right? Mm. Um, but saying that, there's no one in the limelight with that kind of a build that is dressing particularly well, mm. right? Mm. So it was an opportunity to show that, you know, 
it's I, I wanted to make Lee look as good as possible, you know, and um, so that pattern work and stuff was the big, the big part. That was the yeah. difficult, like I always look good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's true. Guys, yeah. guys that don't dress like this, like normally as well, yeah. you know, the, the sartorial kind of thing is not. It's not what I do every. You know, I live and breathe it. Yeah. But you know, when I'm when I'm out on the streets, it's just you know t-shirts and jeans and like I have a love of it. But it's not what we how we dress every day. So like when when it comes time for like a really special occasion, like a, I mean, there's no more special occasions than, than than a red carpet premiere, right? So yeah, having Lee in the limelight, yeah, he needs to look legit. Mm. So uh, and it, it it shows that everyone can look legit, right? By paying a bit more attention to the way they dress. That's that's, that's cool. A, that's an interesting point because uh, well, I'm really excited that. We, uh, Tom mentioned the Helion Sun because for a while now I was planning to get some work done over at Thomas Farthing in London, but oh yeah, but your um, I I don't even know you you cover all bases in terms of I guess uh, for lack of better terms would there be like a twenties thirties influence with some of your work as well or with yeah the... so my dad was on Savile Row in the sixties and all his influences were like thirties forties and right. a little bit earlier yeah so that those influences like played a big role in my formative like tailoring years mm. like i draw a lot of influence from that era yeah um even though the silhouette's different you know it's a bit more contemporary a bit like slimmer i mean he was in military tailoring mostly mm. so this our silhouette's always been quite slim anyway right um but yeah i love all of those old school you know the hats and the overcoats and mm. double breast suits and all of that kind of yeah after that style died a vicious death right and it fashion came to the forefront yeah um so you know those are the glory days for me so it's um you know you come to the shop there's those influences are just all over the wall you know the, all these old 30s fashion plates and stuff that i'm um, kind of constantly drawing influence from i think um a little help with that was came from um after shows like boardwalk empire started to put some limelight back yeah. on how good people used to dress and i think yeah, you know I think that's uh, helped build a little resurgence in terms of that, because you know with Farthing and yourself as well, uh, just great looking things, and and I think I think it's a British thing as well, because when I'm over there, I think um, you know Europeans, mainly the British in general, just know how to do suits better. I mean, I was speaking to the guys earlier in terms of like red carpets and America and whatnot, and you know a lot of people dress like in these shitty plain looking suits with like red big red trump ties and shit like that how I mean, dare you you know, <laughs> you know? And so how I, dare you because yeah. i you mean know, there's with a bit of a, a it all it takes is a little bit of education but still so many people are doing it badly because the only information out there comes from a fashion standpoint it doesn't come from a like style etiquette kind of type yeah. um, standpoint there's a few people that do it really well um like henry cavill is a big one, like you know, he dress, always dresses man. great. He's very <laughs> handsome. Man. I just worked with him on uh, The Witcher. We filmed a bit. Oh, oh shit! Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. you're everything. Yeah, he's, he's a strikingly handsome man. Oh, <laughs> you know, like so, you want to be an actor, like to impress girls and stuff, and then you get put in in something next to a man like that. And <laughs> I'm not sure how much I'm allowed to say, like about how I look in that. But let's just say, yeah, uh, there's a there's a huge contrast. I think he's gonna, he's going to be the one impressing the ladies in there, not me. <laughs> <laughs> it's oh, funny hey. you mentioned that. I was um, I was I took my wife to uh, Disneyland for her birthday this past year, 
And yeah. so she's like, oh, let's take a selfie. So we took a selfie and then, you know, she's like posting it on social media. And she's like, oh, my God, so handsome. And I was like, oh, thanks, babe. And she's like, no, ha- Henry Cavill just posted. He's so handsome. <laughs> <laughs> that was amazing. Like, he's, he's a difficult guy to hate, right? You yeah. Know, he's, he's, he's such a good dude. He's so polite and lovely as yeah. well. I kind yeah. of forgot that he was uh, British. You know, yeah. yeah, he does. <laughs> Tend to see him in like with an American accent, but um, yeah, he's like, yeah. He, I wanted to take him home to meet my mum. Like, <laughs> like British gentleman. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it, it goes to show that you you can do that kind of thing and you can be stylish and stuff, and it's mm. it's not an eccentricity. It's you know, it it can be part of who you are without it being at the forefront. It should be almost like intangible, right? But yeah. Yeah, he's a jiu-jitsu player as well, which is kind of a big thing for me. No I, I have the respect for him for that. He's, yeah, Roger he's a huge nerd, too. He's a really big nerd. Yeah, that's what I've heard, anyway. So, yeah. Uh, speaking of, uh, speaking of his jiu-jitsu stuff, uh, I don't know if you're a fan, Graham, but I know Lee is. Uh, what would you think of the fights last night? Oh, shit. Am I, <laughs> I'm not allowed to swear. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Like, okay, so like, uh, half of my family are from Liverpool, so uh, I was I was rooting for Darren Till massively, and uh, everyone was telling me he had no chance, but he won. Yeah, that was cool. Um, the stoppage. With, he looked uh, great. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's a big dude, isn't he? I think he's probably better suited to that clubs anyway. But uh, yeah, I, the stoppage sucked it on the uh, last fight, but you know. Yeah, I felt I I didn't like the stoppage at first, but then I saw some close ups of. Of the cuts, and I was like, okay, yeah, maybe, maybe that. <laughs> yeah, was- yeah. I, 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 reconciled, his, uh, I, I reconciled with a bit after uh, Dana said that you know he, he was pissed off about the stoppage until he went into the back and saw Nate and his eyebrow was hanging in front of his eye. Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I, had, I had that. Yeah. Yeah. Did you see the stitches that he got? I mean, he literally all like, around, all around that eye. Yeah, that shit would have come off. That's every fight for for him and Nick, though. They both have, you know, they fight every day. I think so. They both have so much scar tissue and around their eyebrows and everything. They yeah, yeah. But you know, that's kind of this. Nate Diaz is like a zombie. Just let him let him carry on. (laughs) (laughs) Stop it for other people, but he's fine. it will still carry on. Just let the dude fight, you know? <laughs> it's too bad, too. Like, uh, it's too bad with uh, the drama that happened leading up to the fight, too. When, uh, they, you know, it's so fucking funny how he put it out on Front Street to begin with. He's like, they're saying that uh, I came up positive. That's bullshit. I don't take anything. And they're, they're saying to wait until after the fight. And he's like, fuck that. I'm, yeah, I, yeah. Either, you, either you clear it up now or I'm not fighting. I thought that was kind of awesome. Yeah, but, um... Yeah, it's too bad uh, either way. The uh, Corey Anderson win was a shocker for Ooh. me. That was awesome. Yeah, just the way yeah, he. Won. I, thought, I thought he was just going to wrestle him and like, but uh, yeah, the fact that he knocked out uh, Walker was crazy to me. But he had studied him, I guess. He he pointed out that uh, I, I wasn't even aware of this. I guess he had uh, two or three uh, knockout losses from from right hooks. Ah, okay. So I'm more of a like martial arts geek like i i love watching jiu-jitsu and stuff like that so like the stand and bang thing it kind of it makes me wince a little bit you know it's like i'm a bit i'm a bit of a pussy when it comes to that kind of stuff. like i'd rather like submit the submission yeah. i'm not a like I've, I've dabbled with 
Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, but my history is in all the traditional Japanese stuff, mm. you know, judo, things like that I've done for years and years. So that's like, you know, that's eye candy for me, submission stuff, and there wasn't a lot of that yesterday. Too much stuff. Yeah, my, my, I think my. You just, you just like fucking carnage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're like the biggest. Like the the funny thing is with Lee that like I I was out with a few of our other friends the other night. Lee wasn't out, but we were talking about this. Like back in the day when we were in a band together, like he always had the long term. He was always the girlfriend guy, right? He was always the super sweet guy with the girl <laughs> everyone liked. And then the rest of us were like the party animals. And then all of a sudden it turned a corner where we all settled down. And now Lee's like legit oh, yeah. rock star. <laughs> <laughs> Can't get yeah. like, I called him yesterday to double check on on what was happening tonight. At what time did I call you? Like, oh, it's about, I don't know, I don't know 10. Something like that. Something. And he was what? sleeping like just on death's door. Like. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know, yeah, at the weekends, I tend, my body clock tends to go the other way. I'm out all night and I sleep, sleep all day. So, like, I only got, what time is it now? It's like quarter past eight. I think I got, I got up about an hour ago. <laughs> <laughs> what, did, what did you guys play in the band? Oh, I, I played guitar. And, okay. uh, um, well, Graham's one of those annoying people that can play every instrument. But in, <laughs> in the band, with me, he was the bassist and singer. Mm. Ah, yeah. Oh wow! Hooray yeah. for me! You won't find any any no. stuff. Though. It was a, it was like. I think it might on MySpace. If MySpace, MySpace is still yeah, if that's that. still going, you'll probably find it. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. It is interesting. Yeah. I'll I'll, uh, I'll add you guys to my top eight. <laughs> <laughs> I think there might still be music on there. I think there might if, be if that website still works. Hey, maybe maybe we'll get starts now that you're a big movie star. It was it was terrible band name. Hooray for me. Hooray for me. So we used to be like a punk band, and there was uh, like a band, um, was it Pully who had a song called Hooray for Me? I think that's yeah. how Fraser got it from. Yeah. Um, yeah. Years, I mean, this is going back to when we were like 17, 18. Wow. Yeah, we used to listen to all like the fat records, like bands like No Effects, Lagwagon, all that kind oh, of thing. Oh, yeah. Southern all California punk. Yeah. yeah, yeah, all the skate stuff, really. Yeah. But then it, we kind of evolved a little bit. We found kind of feet in some slightly kind of more melodic, rocky kind of stuff. And uh, yeah. Mm. yeah, but then, I mean, that's it's a long time ago. Yeah. So where was the transition from uh, focusing on music to your acting, Lee? Um, well, I kind of always did both. Like in school, um, was learning, you know, guitar and doing drama. And uh, then after school, instead of going to real college i went to music college just so i could play guitar and get drunk for, uh, <laughs> and pretend i was getting a real education but uh yeah um yeah and then when i was at even when i was at music college i was um in theater groups outside of that so um i was always kind of doing both but um i think when i got my first tv job i realized hey there's a bit more money in acting than punk rock <laughs> yeah true <laughs> You do, a, you do a job on TV or in a, in a film, they don't just pay you in a crate of beer, you know. So, kind of, it, it had to become the, the more sensible option, really. There's this, yeah. this uh, interesting thing, another thing I was talking about with one of my other buddies the other day, that I remember going to watch Leon's first theatre production when we, we must have been 16, yeah. because I was dating someone that was in your theatre group, oh, yeah. right? And we came to it, and the reaction to lee's performance was always the same like 
they were all of these amateur actors, theatrical kind of actors, and they had that sort of theatrical feel for them. But everyone said the same thing about Lee, that he's going to be on screen. Like, the, the way he acts, the, like, aura about him. They always yeah. made me like a grumpy old man or something. Why is that like... <laughs> the cool thing about playing uh, Gary and, and Joker was uh, I, I actually got to be a nice dude. Like, quite often, I, I think I must have a face like an arsehole or something. I don't, <laughs> I, I, I don't say anything, dude. But... I always get cast as, like, yeah. an evil guy or, like, yeah, or grumpy, yeah. grumpy old. Even in Game of Thrones, you're an actor playing a port- uh, an, an evil guy. Yeah, yeah, like an over-the-top evil version of uh, you know, Tyrion. Mm, but yeah, funny. I don't know. That was great fun. Um, yeah. Well, it's that's good. Awesome. I think it's good in the, in the Joker movie where you get to stretch your acting chops because that scene um, in the apartment, when you start oh like, we- when you start weeping, I was like, this is really good fucking acting. This is not like, you know, like in a real-life situation where something like that would happen – People would like be screaming or anger, but you were like conveying fear on a high level of acting, and I was like, you don't see that that much in cinema these days. So yeah, and I'm glad I'm glad you're able to stretch that that party, you know. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, thanks. Um, the thing is, like, you work with someone like Joaquin, um, it's just so real anyway when you're there, you know. So, mm. and like a, a lot of the times, uh, some of the stuff. Well, every scene you do, um, there's always an element of uh, freedom to like improvise slightly and stuff, which uh, working was the best uh, that I've ever seen. And like certain moments um, ended up on screen that were completely improvised. Like uh, you know, when I'm 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 walking past trying to get you know past the body towards the door, yeah. and he he, he jumps at me and I'm like oh, like that was me genuinely shocked because I wasn't expecting him to do it. Really? Wow, yeah. that's interesting. And I wasn't in the script. Like, it's just, you know, he actually made it feel real, which, you know, as an actor is incredible. You just play off of him and mm. you're playing off of the best in the yeah, world, yeah. basically. It, it, yeah. Wow. So what's, so what's so great about that specific scene, too, is that, um, number one, as your character, you could tell that that character, Gary, was probably the only person that actually cared about Arthur and who genuinely like you were there because your friends, well, I don't want to spoil anything. You're there to take after your friend, you know, like yeah. you were there looking after your friend. And that was, that was the reason for that character being in that, in that scene. So when your friend talk about carnage goes ape yeah. shit and you <laughs> witness your friend do that, like your genuine reaction is what are you doing, Arthur? Yeah. So that was awesome to see. But number two, like you're pretty much the voice of the audience in that scene too, where um, it's the first time I think like, I mean, he does some violence and, and some big violence earlier, but that was like insanely horrific violence that he does in that scene where it's like the turn where he starts to see like this guy is now becoming like a monster and you're the guy that's kind of like the eyes of the audience in that moment. Yeah. So yeah. it's just so, – and there's like – I don't think there's any music. There's like nothing going on. It's just you guys like playing off each other in that one scene. I remember thinking like watching you. I'm like, this guy's fucking stealing the show right yeah, now. Yeah, that's what I thought too. I was like, this guy is such a good – he's really conveying true emotion. I thought it was great. So. And uh, yeah. he needed that push-pull because Arthur is just like in this Stop. numb world. Stop. Stop. No, I mean, <laughs> you watch. As soon as I get off, they'll be like, "What a dick!" He was in the- <laughs> <laughs> No, no, no. Because here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing. Also, like, you know, I'm watching that scene, and 
I'm feeling for this guy. And I'm like, please don't kill him. Please yeah. don't. He's like the only one you don't want to get fucking hacked. He's the only cool dude, man. Don't <laughs> yeah. kill this. So it's like Gary had a message inside the movie itself. You know, the message has, or the movie has its own message. But even Gary has his own message. Like, you know what? You be nice to people. You treat people kind. You get to live. You get to live. Yeah. yeah. You don't get you don't get stabbed in the fucking neck. You know. I mean that's that's the extreme version. Yeah. I mean, you know. Well, because I mean, you know, the character Joker. You guys both know him. He's not real nice to people, and he yeah. only keeps people around that have a purpose for him. And I was like, oh shit. Mm. I hope there's a sequel. I hope Gary's in it, and I want to see what happens. Same. Yeah, he's like one of the few survivors. <laughs> but uh, I that, kind of feel like no, no disrespect to you, but I kind of feel like it, there just shouldn't be a sequel. Like it was so, oh, yeah. it was so perfect. Like there were there were not issues that I had with it, but like from a fan point of view, like questions that I had, like the the way they sort of veered away from some of the Joker mythos in some respects, and then kept really like yeah. close with it in others. Yeah. But yeah. I. I just don't think it requires any afterthought. I know it doesn't need it. I mean, obviously no. they, that was their intention from the start, just to do a one-off. But yeah. I mean, if it's safe in anyone's hands, it's it's totally it's tough, my game. Right. Right. Even yeah. better idea. Even better idea. We need a Gary spinoff. That's what. Yeah. That's well, what I was about to say. Even better. Next, it'll be just Gary. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I've got to show you something. So, like, I've been getting sent like loads of cool stuff online, like fan art and stuff. Oh wow! And okay. my mom. My mum found one of them really funny, so she printed it out. And I've got it. I've got to see fan art sent to you. Ty, you should, you should oh, do another yeah. Healy plug while he's uh, doing it. Helian Sons. Helian Sons. Oh, yeah. For more information, go to www.heliansun.com. Yeah. I'm definitely going to get a suit made. Actually, you should. Yeah, you're it's always a, welcome. It's like a, you guys on the outskirts of London in uh, Crawthorn, is it? Oh, oh shit. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. That one. Oh, yeah. That's you see on my Instagram, I can't remember. I think the person was from uh, Korea or something. Oh, shit. And, uh, but my, I, I just love that my mom found it so funny. She got it printed out and put in a frame for me. That's awesome. Yeah. We got to put that on the Bad Force feed, Tom. That's amazing. Oh. Hey. So, dude. So that's that the thing the is like, what's so, what's so amazing about this film that you are in, that you've been immortalized in now, by the way, um, is that it's gone beyond just like a comic book movie. I don't think it ever was a comic book movie, the way they made it, the way it looks, but the memes, the attention it's getting from your everyday con, like my, my fucking grandmother asked me, have you seen Joker yet? I, she's like, I really want to see it. Amazing. My grandmother, yeah, and it's and crazy. it's like, and it's reaching audiences that don't go see movies. Period. They they're the ones that wait around for the best films of the year, or oh, what did the Academy Awards say that I go see? You know, so yeah. so I mean, dialing it back a little bit, what was it like with hearing about this movie being made and the process of like, did you have to go to an audition? Did you get uh, someone tip you off about like a role? How did that all start for you? Mm. Um, we well, yeah, like through my agent, uh, found out about the audition. I think obviously they mainly audition people in, in the States, um, and then sort of open it up. Um, so yeah, from here, obviously, we, I had to do a video audition, self tape. Um, mm. and my buddy Steve, who's an amazing actor as well, he uh, Steve Stakowski, 
Keep an eye out for his name. He's going to be awesome. Oh, um, nice play. He, he, he helped me do uh, my self-tape, and uh, we sent it off. And, uh, yeah, he was about a week or two later, heard back, and it seemed like I had it. You never get, like, a, a yes straight away with these things because I, right. I guess it's an approval process, right? And uh, but it seemed like you know they were saying you know keep keep these dates free like really strictly like and everyone else had gone for it and been told no so I was like I think I've got this and um, oh yeah so at first when I did the self tape I didn't even know it was Joker right they don't actually tell you that and the characters' names have changed etc in, in the script um, but then uh, in the email back when they were saying to uh, keep my dates free um, they sort of dropped the director's name Todd Phillips so then I was like ah. Oh, I'm going to go online and see what the <laughs> books is uh, working on right now. Oh, shit. And, uh, and then the penny dropped. I was like, fuck, I think this is the Joker. I was like, I have to have this role. So um, I didn't want to just wait around, like, going nuts every time my phone rang in case it was the news. So I, I booked a one-way ticket to New York and uh, told my agent to arrange a meeting because I, I felt like uh, the guys in the States that had a face-to-face audition – were probably at a, a slight advantage because you know sometimes it's about meeting a person and wanting to work with them. Whereas yeah. I, I was a stranger on a video, you know, right. half, halfway across the world. So um, I knew that if I was in New York, uh, pretending that I was just happened to be there visiting friends, <laughs> I, I could probably get a face-to-face audition as well. Nice. Uh, just in case there was someone uh, like a close second and it's mm. easier to cast them because they don't have to pay for flights. Oh, you know, like they had to pay for me to have a US visa to act over there as well. You know, all of those things. I didn't okay. want that. Mm. I wanted to just not be a stranger on a video anymore. So I booked a one way ticket and I uh, hung out in New York until I got a meeting. And uh, it was Todd, Todd found out that I was over there um, and he wanted to meet me himself in person. Mm. Wow. I thought. I thought the best I would get would be casting director, but uh, yeah, Todd wanted to meet me himself, and he was just an absolute dude from mm. the start. Wow. Yeah, did you go to Rose's Pizza? Oh, um, no, no, no. I met him. It was in Brooklyn, the uh, the film studio over there. I'm terrible. Mm. Oh, okay. I was out late last night. I should know the name of the film studio. <laughs> Steiner Steiner Studios in Brooklyn. There you go. Yeah. So you meet him, you meet him, and then uh, did you know you had it after you met him, or how did it go from there? Uh, I had a sense, you know, I mean, I had a sense when I was there that okay, I didn't probably didn't need to come here. It seems like I already had it, but I wanted to make sure, you know. And uh, but yeah, even then, yeah, even then, uh, they were still clearly going through the uh, approval process before they could give a, a definite yes. So I got back from New York, and I think it was about a week later I found out. That I had the wow! Wow! And yeah, and because of the time difference or whatever, we, my agent got it at a weird time, and uh, she got it on an email, mm. and uh, she she said she couldn't sleep that night, so she just randomly checked her phone, her emails, and saw something that had come in the night before. Um, so she, but she wanted to tell me straight away. And it was like five in the morning. I got like a text off of my agent, <laughs> and uh, yeah, saying that I got it, um, and then. Yeah, I, I ran into my flatmate's room in my pants, and he he thought like he thought like something had happened. Like we were being, <laughs> and then like, like he jumped out of bed. He's like, "What's up? What? What?" what? 
I was just like stood in my pants. I started crying. I just went, I got it. Wow. And, like, yeah. and then we had a very, uh, a very manly hug. <laughs> That's I've awesome. got quite an interesting. Well, I think I might have quite an interesting insight to this because just a few months. I mean, it must be like a, a year ago or so now. We were hanging out in Five Guys in Guildford, yeah. and you just had your screen tests for um, uh, Showman, right? Um, oh yeah, the yeah, greatest yeah, yeah. Showman, Hugh Jackman, right? Oh, wow. And I never seen Lee want something more right it, it was down it was you and one other guy right it was like I think yeah there's a few left in it but like right from the start reading the script and knowing it's based on a real character um like I like he needed to look cherubic and cute and, and like it needed to be so I think the, the, the real story was he was actually 11 but they pretended he was older um general Tom Thumb like and I was like there's no way in hell, like, I, I'm right for that role, you know, like, yeah. someone was just, like, evil dwarf or, like, bad guy, and, like, I, so I tried, like, real hard on the audition to, like, act and look cute, which isn't easy for me. But the, the other but, dude was Australian, right? The other yeah, dude was, yeah. like, but, like he, uh, he looks, he looks really young. Like, yeah. I've, I've got, like, the worst hairline ever. I've got, like, <laughs> I've got a massive nose. Do you know what I mean? Like I just thought yeah. I, I knew I wasn't right for it, but it was it was cool to get like uh, close. It was cool to get yeah. close. You know, they can't cover that <laughs> with a prosthetic size of that beak. Um, um, uh, you kind of got a leg up though, because being he, you being English, him being Australian. Australians are just like drunk Americans, so it's kind of <laughs> like. I mean, like so that guy, uh, I can't remember, it was Sam, um, he, he ended up getting there, but like, it was, it was cool, I got to put, I was, I had like Skype with the, like, producers and directors mm. and stuff, but, so that was kind of cool, um, but, it, that it, was nothing compared to, when, when Joker came, I was like, no, yeah. that's the right that's, that's what it felt like, at that, yeah. at that time, like, I, I had high hopes that you'd get yeah. it, and you wanted it so bad, but when you, when, when it transpired that you didn't get it, I, mm kind of had this feeling it's like okay something big's fucking coming yeah. like something huge must be coming now yeah and the fact that it was a comic book movie was like yeah. i think i was just as excited as you were <laughs> like, it's, it's so big yeah, you know? I, I, yeah right. I mean, graham was one of the ones i was most excited to talk he's, he's a nerd i know we already I know we already talked about this scene, but because it's my favorite part of the movie and because it's such an important moment of the movie, I just wanted to go back to that apartment scene uh, and yeah. just ask like, how, because it's, it's such a pivotal moment of the film and it's so intense, yeah. uh, what was the preparation for that? And did you have mm -hmm. to run through that scene uh, very many times? Um, well, I mean, like with, with any scene you do, you you always because uh, people always ask that kind of thing, like how many takes or whatever. It's, it's you always you cover it from like so many angles. You know, you you have to get everybody's close ups. You have to get the wides. Like, so you, you, whatever scene you do, you run it countless times. You know, I think I think we spent two days shooting that scene. Uh, like, mm. I think like wow. the second day was more focused on you know like special like special effects type stuff like not. Like stunts, do you know what I mean? Like, um, it wasn't actually Glenn Fleshler who was getting his head whacked against the wall. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It was his uh, stunt right. double. So, uh, one day was focused on the majority of it, and then we had like uh, another 
like part of another day where it was more that kind of thing, like technicalities and stuff. It's amazing how they managed to sew it all together. Um, yeah, it's you run it so many times, and with with someone like Wakeen, it's he's given you just like the most amazing performances every time. Yeah, and, and it's different. So like, you never feel like. Uh, you're just repeating something. You actually feel like you're in it, you know, because yeah. he's 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 just throwing a different look at it, like at you every time, you know. So yeah, and like there's always that that part of you, like when you watch yourself on screen, you 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 do think back to like the hundreds of different versions of what you did, and think, yeah. I wonder if there was something I did better. But like, it's no. uh, you just got to trust the director and the editors, you know. Mm. But I so, yeah. Great bits were left in, like where where he takes the piss out of my British accent. I remember the first time he came, and yeah. uh, and then like Todd came in, like Jennifer, he was like laughing. He's like, "No, I like that." You know what I mean? It's like it's cool that like that stayed in, and the bit where he like jumps at me and like I'm I'm genuinely like, "What the fuck?" Like, yeah, he sat there like just like looking me right in the eyes, just looking terrifying, and I'm genuinely yeah. like, nervous to go past him because there's this little gap. And then when the first time he just like jumped out at me, I was like, fuck! <laughs> Such a spike in the tension of that scene. And it, it continues through the whole thing because he lets you get to the door. And yeah. I started to wonder, oh, did he just let him go to the door because he knows he can't get out? Yeah, and then yeah. he, he opens it. Know? And then he closes it again when he, oh. when he opens it and then closes the door. Oh, no. <laughs> And uh, do you know that that wasn't in the, that wasn't going to happen? He was meant to let me out. Oh wow! He added he added that in. Yeah. And, uh, first first time he uh, closed the door, I was stood there thinking, "What the fuck? Why did he do that? Uh, right. uh, what? Hang on, what's he about to do? Do you know what I mean? Like <laughs> he added like you know I think the line he says like is the like best ending for my character in the movie you know it's like and it's that's really sort of like sets the message for what you know the whole reason of him letting me live you know yeah, it's right. it literally says you know you're the only one that's ever nice to me yeah wow exactly exemplified by the the reasons for your two characters being there you know one of you was genuinely there to check on the well-being of your friend and the other was there to cover his own ass because the police were involved. Yeah. What what's that other actor's name? The other clown? Uh, Glenn Fleshlaw. Glenn Fleshlight? <laughs> <laughs> what a fitting name. Way to set up for that joke, Tom. Glenn Fleshlaw, not oh, Fleshlight. Okay. Um, what? He was the main so, bad guy in uh, in True Detective season one. Oh, oh my yeah, god, yeah, that's him! Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's even holy shit. He was yeah, he was insane in that in that season. Well, I was gonna say, I was like, major props to him too because he's such a piece of shit in this movie and so believable. <laughs> like he's such. A, he's he's the loveliest guy. He's I so bet. Like, so polite yeah. and he's he's quite quiet, you know, but. Yeah, he, he's he seems to be very good at playing like bad guys or assholes. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's he's your typical like he's your typical self-serving fucking asshole in this movie. Yeah. 
and you you, you kind of love to see him get his due. Um, yeah. but at the same time, like it's hesitant because it's in front of you and then it's like, you know, oh shit. Oh shit. And then that, when he closes the door, the tension just doubles when he yeah. closes that door on you. And, uh, there's, there's memes been going around too, where it says, uh, the second greatest villain of the Joker movie. Yes, and it's yeah, a picture of a lot. That. That yes. oh, the other one is like, a picture of me and then it goes like me. And then it's got a picture of the lock and it says the girl I like. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I saw another one that says uh, "name name a better pair." I'll wait, and it shows a picture of you and yeah. a picture of the lock. <laughs> oh, that, that really rubbed me up the wrong way, actually, because they they showed the one suit that I hadn't like made. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. No. Like this meme circulating everywhere is like, oh, this, fuck, yeah. you know, after these like beautiful creations that I've just done, I'm so proud of. It's like thousands, oh, man, they thousands of man hours. That was it. It was a suit that I actually did fully, but it was a. It was like this off the rack thing. That I had to hack to bits mm, to like yeah. try and try and make it fit. I gave him like two days notice or something. And I was yeah, like, as usual. and he was like, "Oh, brilliant!" Like, <laughs> I'll, try, I'll try and squeeze that into my working day. I was like, "Cheers, dude." <laughs> <laughs> nah, so, we'll, yeah, we'll make up for it. Take, we'll make sure the the promo photos we use are the ones of your suit. Yeah, seriously, it's so <laughs> And another cool suit Graham with me is uh, he made it for a, a. I did a German film a couple of years ago, but uh, I wore it recently to the Irishman premiere. It's like oh. a grey suit, black lapels. Graham made that one as well. Mm. If you check on my Instagram, there's a like name dropping here. There's a really cool picture of me sat with Al Pacino. Jesus. Yeah, and it felt like, like such an appropriate style suit to be wearing, like to that kind. Of, I don't know, it, much yeah. about fashion, but it seemed like the appropriate sort of style to be wearing. Like that was a fun one too. In fact, that was the first like fully bespoke one that I'd done yeah. fully because like that was where I really had to pay attention to the pattern. Like, because then I was designing something specifically for Lee and his proportions and like having to take everything into account. Like, how do I make him look taller? Like, how do I flatter him? you know what bespoke's kind of all about so that was the first outing which it was it was nice that i got a trial run before we had to do these joker ones because that's how they they turned out so good i think do do you think um hats will ever come back they said like hats were killed i love i always wear hats yeah i love hats because i mean they say that um it was killed by kennedy when he because he didn't wear hats and then i I, every decade you see it kind of trying to come back and i think hats like complete the the suit and the outfit sometimes do, do you see like oh yeah like what i you... think the, the biggest problem though again is the, is the education like people don't know about the etiquette like what hats they wear with particular things and stuff right. but um you know i've got a couple of trilbies that i wear but it's only because like okay if it's really cold you know we live in a rainy cold country i always wear a pork pie with a yeah. suit so, yeah so yeah lee's got that awful fucking pork pie <laughs> that's, that's a good i need to try and find a nice but, hey, it's um, a Heisenberg hat. It's badass. But the nice, <laughs> the nice thing about wearing a hat is that it doesn't like fuck up your hair. If you put, if you put a like nice high crown trilby on and you've got your like mm. overcoat on or whatever, man, you, it makes you look legit. But the the biggest problem I think that people have with it is they're so conscious of wearing it that then it ends up wearing them, right? So the the whole key to looking stylish is to make it look like you you don't care. Yeah. Right? See, that's it. I feel, I feel weird without a hat on because I'm always wearing hats mm. and I just got to check like I got uh, from uh, well as one of my rap gifts, gifts from the producers and, and Todd they gave us all like these hats so I got that one which is 
Oh, wow. oh, oh, shit. Live with Murray Franklin. That's sick. Murray. <laughs> and then I've got another Murray. one. i got another one with just like Joker Lego on. I think that's in my bedroom somewhere. But they're pretty cool. Oh, that's That'd sweet. be awesome so, if it had blood splattered over it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we need to talk about a little bit about the other rap gift that you got. Oh, yeah. Which oh, is shit. probably the coolest thing in existence. Yeah. Oh. And Lee, I don't know whether you're, they're going to revoke your Hollywood card after me. Well, no. So, I mean, that's fine because if he can't talk about it, Graham, you talk about it because there's nothing. In, there's something that says that you can't talk about it. Yeah, you don't have an Indian. Yeah, so, it's, I mean, I was sworn to secrecy before the movie came out, but but Lee was given this insane diary. It was like Joaquin's personal diary from in, on set from when he was like quasi in character. Yeah. And um, there's a lot of insanity oh, in that. It's yeah, it's it was. <laughs> Just like, and from a fan point of view, it was just insane to read this. Like, looking into the mind of the Joker from a person that's actually like living it. So yeah, as oh, as man. to help, like you know, to, Graham was doing me a huge favor of making these suits for the uh, premieres and that. So he was the first one I took this uh, diary to, so he could have a little nerd out reading through it. <laughs> and I also gave him my, uh, I got like a t-shirt, a casting crew yeah. t-shirt thing. Mm-hmm. They never fit me. All of the uh, <laughs> the, clothes, the clothes you get, like I've still got a big uh, jacket from Game of Thrones that doesn't fit me. <laughs> I ordered the girl size one thinking it might just be smaller, but it's like curved. <laughs> so oh. I was like, oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, don't yeah. have the hips for it. Yes. <laughs> like the cool thing about this story was that the um, so like looking into the sort of psyche of of Joaquin when he was doing mm-hmm. it, like just angry at everything. Yeah. Um. So every page was like dedicated to a, a different part of the production. Like um, you know, even like food services didn't get out. You know, it was like food services are going to ruin this movie. You know, we're going to have to. <laughs> shoot because of you know the sound guy or whatever wow. and oh, then so was, he was like going total method with writing this yeah, diary absolutely oh. and then um <laughs> it gets to lee and it's like the only page where it's like oh lee's a good guy we won't we won't have to reshoot because of lee <laughs> <laughs> it was cool. that was like shadowed in the movie too oh, you know he's the only that's it Woo. and me and tom actually mentioned this because I, I didn't notice this and obviously okay. tom would have the noticed it but um the therapist dr kane which is yeah. like a nice little nod oh it's a bob you know, kane, the, yeah. bob kane yeah i don't know i'm not really i don't know what i'm allowed to show but I just, the cover's fine right it just says to <laughs> yeah. from from weekend with gratitude yeah wow so, awesome, also like artwork like defaced movie posters that yeah. have been like jokified throughout the whole yeah. thing which is just so sick well, uh, yeah. yeah so there's only th- with, like there's only three actors he's written a page about, which was pretty uh, surprising when I got to my page. It was like amazing. So, <laughs> yeah, so he, he did one for uh, De Niro, one for Zazzy, and one for me. But that's wow. Yeah. Oh wow. I don't know. Like I have. Shall I read it? Yeah, no. read it. I don't know. <laughs> Probably not allowed. Yeah, I don't know if I'm allowed. <laughs> But no, he says very nice things, and it was very That's cool. Amazing! That is amazing. It actually got sent to my uh, my mum's address, and because uh, oh, when when I'm away, like sometimes I get like, my mail goes there, so if it's something important, she can open it for me. But um, yeah, she was like, "Lee, there's a package here." I was like, "I haven't ordered anything." <laughs> I was like, okay, "I've opened it," and then she was like, "In a, it's a flashlight." <laughs> 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 Not this week. 
She's like, fucking hell, it's wrong with him for you. Like, <laughs> so, yeah, I uh, uh, drove around there pretty Drove around there pretty quick to see what it was. Oh, and, uh, yeah. So me and my mum were reading through it together, and then we got to that page where like he's writing about me, and that was a pretty cool moment getting to that page with my mum. Wow, talk, yeah. talk cool. about validation. I mean, jeez, that's yeah. amazing, you know. Walking. Yeah, it's cool to be in a movie, but the fact that you're in this movie with that kind of parting gift is insane. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And not so, to mention this this movie's it's it's a film. It's gonna change things. And yeah, it's creeping on a billion already, and. They're already talking about how it's reactionary to like all the you know the cookie cut superhero stuff now. So, it's it's cool. It's like history in the making almost. I would say, and uh, you know, it's so cool that you were a part of it. And man, that that little token, yeah. that validation it's from like, Joaquin, man, woo, that's that's pretty. Yeah, good. and like so, like my, obviously my parents were like the most proud people on the planet, you know. Yeah. And uh, so I took them to the London premiere. And obviously, yeah. being the only, the only British actor in it, it was like just Todd and Joaquin really came. So like the pre-drinks was funny. <laughs> and, like, wow. Mum and Dad was so like excited to be there. And then like, we went to this little pre-drinks room before the film started, and it was just me and my parents for ages. And like I was like, ah, oh, damn, sorry, I, I didn't really. Yeah, you know, usually it's a bit bigger than this, but uh, and not my dad didn't care. He was like, oh, well, it's free drinks. Free <laughs> drinks. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> So then uh, it was this like nice little room, and then in walks uh, Joaquin, um, and then Todd, and like just they were so wow. awesome with my parents. You know, they they're great people, amazing to work with, and so yeah. They, so my mom got that that funny Gary poster framed <laughs> for me, and then she also got like this picture that we got like at the previous which oh, oh yeah, that's on your Instagram. Yeah, yeah. So oh, that's wow, my mom and, that. and Todd and Joaquin. And me in one of the fancy suits, Graham. Made. What a fancy <laughs> suit! What a fancy suit! Tom, where can I get a suit made like that, Tom? Uh, <laughs> Healy and Son. For more information, go to HealyandSun.com. Yeah, definitely. I'm definitely. And uh, shout out to our other sponsor for this episode, Fleshlight. You <laughs> 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 love. Amazing. Uh, Glenn Fleshlight. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Just got new oh, man. <laughs> Graham, what's well, it? What was it like? <laughs> what was it like, Graham? Like uh, being such a massive fan of like the comics and everything, and and then uh, hearing what uh, Lee was telling you about. Oh, I got this part. What was it like from the inception of like hearing that he got the role? Like being being a friend and a fan, and seeing how like it kind of. Oh man, I mean, it's, it was utterly surreal. Like, obviously, so happy for him at first. Like. And that validation as well, that like the feeling that I'd had a few months prior that like something big was coming, that it was it blew all of my expectation out of the war. It wasn't just something big, but it was so like close to our hearts, like yeah. part of you know this mythos. And then hearing about the the team that was going to be doing it was like you know this is going to be. And obviously initially with Scorsese was on board with it, so I kind of knew that it was going to be this unusual like uh, aesthetic you know, maybe a bit more art house, a bit more, you know, kind of dark sort of feeling thing. So I was excited, you know, I'm a big film guy anyway, you know, I love anything like that, but um, I just knew it was going to be something special, but mostly just curiosity. Like how, how do you approach such an iconic character? Yeah. Like when you're focusing on him, he's, he's no longer like, he's no longer a background character. Not that he, you know, Heath wasn't a background character, but he he was secondary. He wasn't the title character, right? So, 
just wondering how they were going to approach it, you know, and um, excited, you know, what were we going to see? Were we going to see Killing Joke? You know, were we going to see, like, what elements might we see from the mythos that we already know? Yeah. Um, and... It was so fun for me, like all the questions Graham had. Like, <laughs> I had the script, but I couldn't tell him. It was, it was so fun. You know when you just feel smug because you know something your friend wants to know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was kind of funny. Yeah, it was, uh, it was strange times. And then, and seeing him on the screen, because obviously I've, you know, I've seen him in stuff before, mm. but this was the first time that I'd seen him as basically himself on screen. Wow. Um, so, I think I put more, more of myself in Gary than other characters than yeah. I have. Mm. Like, because I had just like, you know, I didn't really have like, you know, the uh, being worried about him and like, you know, when Gary's worried about his friend, you know, like when you see an actor that you massively admire and he's an absolute um, skeletal version of himself you know oh, like yeah. I, I couldn't believe the first day I walked on set and saw Joaquin you know so it was just like I was genuinely like fuck is this guy okay <laughs> did, you, did you meet him before production even started I met him my first day on set that, wow. was, it. that was the first day okay wow, wow. yeah I had no idea where he was going. Yeah, it was it was crazy when I first saw him. And uh, it was a changing room scene, you know. He didn't have his top on and stuff. I was like, fuck me. Like, <laughs> all, all I, I, I was moaning for months that I had to grow my hair out. <laughs> he definitely was. I, I was nonstop moaning that I had to grow my hair because it just extended. <laughs> Because hey, everyone has an aerial view of my head, you know. <laughs> so, like, if you get like, if you're losing your hair, you just got to shave it off, right? Mm. Like, but, we're uh, out with we were out for a friend's birthday right now. Otherwise, it looks like an egg in a bush, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so it, it was basically we we're out for one of our other buddies' uh, birthday was Nick, Nick Jones, right? Yeah. A, amazing drummer, great guy. Um, uh, drums for a band or used to drum for a band called Polar, if anyone knows it. But um, we're out for his birthday in London, and the whole night I basically felt like all Lee was doing was moaning about his hair because you're such a ladies man now as well, right? Like you, you, you can see that you sort of lavish in the attention of <laughs> like people approaching you. And this was pre Joker, right? So no one knew about it. So it wasn't even on the same level that it must be now. But, <laughs> it's the first time I've dude, really seen him no, self conscious. No, 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 no. Yeah. Like, Cause anyway. man, like you want to do movies. Like you think, Oh yeah. Have you seen me in that film? You're going to be like, Hey, I'm the guy with the shit hair. <laughs> <laughs> What's yeah, it like yeah. under that bus? <laughs> I did kind of feel a bit guilty how much because I do like to moan about stuff. I, th I find it fun, but <laughs> but like when I saw like what what he had gone through uh, to prepare for his character, and all I had to do was have shit hair. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it, did, it did put that in perspective a little bit. Mm. But uh, gen genuinely, <laughs> like one of the most caring people I've ever met. He's like one of genuinely the nicest guys that I've ever had the pleasure of meeting. Oh, thanks, Greg. Right? I mean, I don't know why I'm telling you this. In front <laughs> of you, but, um, so, like, that really came through in in the character. Like, yeah. I could see that that's himself. And I think that was part of what made it so. What made him such a scene stealer, mm. right? Was that it was so genuine. Like, you, you know, it was yeah. so. so yeah, it was a, a really organic part, I think, yeah. for you. And uh, you know, I'm so used to seeing you like dressed up as an elf or like. <laughs> yeah. So it's well, so yeah, over it the top comedy villain or something. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. So it's um, 
yeah, it was it was it was yeah. pleasing to see that like this this was the big one, right? Yeah, so right. far, this is the big one, and seeing you on screen as yourself and and not a caricature of yourself or a different character, mm. like you know, it was it was nice that uh, yeah, that it was so organic. Yeah, because when, think... when he started crying in the apartment, I was like, yo, that that feels so real. Like he's panicking and crying, and he's like, oh no, and I'm just like, that's like, that's fucking good acting right there, man. Like that's. That just doesn't come from a place of school. That's like, he's conveying something. So, like I said earlier, what's your I, what's your trick to start crying on screen? I want to know this actually, because like you, at least like not. I don't feel like you've had that much adversity through school. You've always been like really happy about shit. No one gives you any shit, no. and when you do, you like hit him in the face. But it's uh, <laughs> so it's. <laughs> yeah, like you're not a dark guy, no, right? No. You know, you've you've always embraced, like, accepted the limitations, you know, physical limitations, um, reaching locks, etc. Yeah, <laughs> reaching locks, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I've always just sort of rocked it, and always like overcome. Dude, like the guitar thing was a, a big thing, obviously. Like, you know, you find your own way of playing guitar. Yeah, so um, when we played in the band together, obviously, I was, I was a guitarist, but I, I couldn't do it like with my hand underneath the fretboard so i made up my own style of playing over the top so yeah you know, yeah that's actually cool. there's a re- one of my favorite stories about lee which i'm gonna have to share because it's this is great so when when we were in the studio we were doing one of our eps and uh lee had just laid down some guitar parts and we were listening back to them and i could you know he was concentrating and he was playing air, air guitar along to his parts right mm. But he was playing air guitar the way a regular guy would play yeah, air guitar. Right? I could play air guitar that way, but right? yeah. <laughs> so and something something was like odd to me. I was like, something's odd with this picture. What is it? And then it struck me. It's like oh, you don't play guitar that way. You play guitar with your hand like coming down over the top of the fretboard. So I was like, why do you play air guitar the other way, but you play guitar? You know this this kind of your own way. It's a different instrument, mate. <laughs> <laughs> his, response, his response was amazing. He said to me, "Now I'm going to do my famous impression of you now as well." Oh, right. um, he said, "Well, I used to play air guitar the way I play normal guitar, but everyone thought I was playing air piano." Air piano. <laughs> <laughs> It's weird. You can't play it, it makes sense, you know, people see me playing guitar, they're like, oh, okay, he must he must have to play it like that. But yeah, if you start playing air guitar like that, you look like a knob. Yeah. It's legit. <laughs> That's, oh man. That's my favorite story about Lee. <laughs> so so what I wanted to get into real quick is I see the shining blanket in the Jason shirt. Is it safe to say that you're yeah. a horror buff? Yeah, my, yeah, I've got yeah. So what? I'm a, like, why are you playing that? Like he's got he's got a giant <laughs> gremlin like sitting three feet from us. Oh shit! Is that is that the doctor gremlin <laughs> from part two? <laughs> he's got Mowgli over in the corner. Oh, like. I've got a, I've got a uh, the thing jigsaw puzzle I'm working on. Nice. All right, so so I have to ask, what are your top three favorite horror movies for both of you? Uh, that's tough. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Oh wow! Woo! Did you did you complete that one? That looks crazy. That vine exists is so hard. Jesus! But one day it'll be done. (laughs) Uh, 
That's a tough one. We're both big, uh, like, Carpenter guys, right? You're, you're a big yeah. Carpenter guy. Yeah. John Carpenter wrote a Joker comic that came out just last month. Did you read that? Oh, shit. Just a one shot, right? Yeah, yeah, just a yeah. one off story. Not you know, it's not tied down to any storylines or anything. He just got to do a one off story of Joker being crazy. Mm. Yeah, I've actually got Jason uh tat. Oh you got a tat? Oh, oh let me see. Yeah, but see I'm like covered in tattoos, by the way. Man. Oh, got some good work. Well, Max, my ex was a tattooist, and a lot of my friends are. Well, so. Oh, that's, that's <clears throat> all right. But, so, uh, like, if, yeah. you, if you had like a, a one go-to horror movie, then what would that be for you guys? Both you? Oh, okay. Oh man, <laughs> I love these. That's oh. I see. Like, I love stupid ones as well. Like, I love the Chucky movies. Yeah. Um, well, actually, <laughs> like a big part of our youth was Lee, like dressing up as stuff, like, and his. His <laughs> costumes were like the thing of legend, like locally. And his mum was always coming with like amazing got, costumes. Every year I'd be like, right, mum, this year I want to be Gizmo. So she made me like a full on Gizmo costume. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. That's yeah. The, the, the <laughs> Chucky one was amazing. That was like nightmare for so many people. Yeah. Chucky Saw was the other one. I, yeah, that I, was I, crazy. I had a tricycle and did that. Oh, yeah. you got the tricycle too? Big That's cool. crazy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Matt, you know, I think actually mine would be the thing. Yeah, the thing. Yeah, that's probably my go-to. The thing's amazing. Um, yeah. Shining, Shining is one Shining of the greatest movies of all time. Yeah. But, Those I are... mean, yeah. Those that's, are good choices. I think the thing. Are you yeah. interested in the new Ewan McGregor movie that he's getting, coming out? What's very it called? Interesting. Doctor... Yeah. yeah, very interesting. Uh, Doctor Sleep. Sleep. Yeah, Doctor Sleep. Yeah, I'm... I'm... I hope it's good. You yeah, know, like you, you can't. Find I'm not. Color. I'm actually not convinced by the, the the most recent trailer. But I mean, McGregor's incredible. Yeah. So you know. I'm, actually, uh, I love Rob Zombie stuff as well. So like. Yes, Devil's Rejects. Devil's Rejects is one of my so favorite. Big, and I just yeah. watched Three from Hell like last week. Oh wow! And I thought, cool. Um, my buddy Pancho's in it. Shout out to Pancho Mother. Right. <laughs> and like, it was really cool. Like, we sort of became friends on uh, Instagram. Um, he sort of like reached out to me. I think he he'd auditioned for Joker basically, and he'd somehow found how the fuck he found out I got it. But like, <laughs> yeah, and like we started like chatting, and uh, yeah, we became buddies. And I was in LA uh, for the Joker premiere and uh, met up with him in um, in Danny Trejo's taco place. Oh man! Oh, really cool. oh, oh, oh wow! You're hanging we were, out with the rock stars now. Yeah, no, no, we we um, we. <coughs> I was just went there to meet Pancho, who's in Three from Hell. Damn, and, uh, yeah, cool. I just wanted to, you know, I wanted to get some tacos, and I thought, <laughs> right, let's check out Danny Trejo's place. And as soon as we walked in the door, Danny Trejo's just there. No <laughs> you would think he's actually in there running his fucking taco shops. I thought that was cool as hell. hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you how did you end up hanging out with uh, members of Slipknot, J Man or V Man? V Man's my buddy. I've known him for years. Um, no way. Yeah, he's obviously he's a British guy. Um, he used to uh, go on, he used to like tour manage and tech for like big bands like yeah. Lamb of God, like Mastodon and all of yeah, that. Yeah, Mastodon. You know? Yeah, I knew him. I knew him from working on Mastodon. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Yeah. And, uh, so, like, a bit of background on like music kind of stuff and going to see bands. Like, Lee's the best person to be around for that because it's backstage passes Jesus. all the time. Like the places <laughs> we. Get, 
it's all you know because of the disability and stuff it's like you know generally you're you're up at the side of the stage or you know no, your own mean, little super secret no, special the only, the places the only thing getting a, being a short ass gets me is you know they have those like wheelchair routes at festivals yeah like I'm allowed to get on those so I can see other people's heads because I don't want to look at people's backs the whole you, time. It's amazing but, how often you end up backstage. Yeah, but that's because I'm just like always partying too much and then end up <laughs> making friends with people. <laughs> <laughs> I went to a great gig the other night. I uh, I went to see Thrice and Refused. And it was wow. Awesome. Yeah, yeah that's so cool good. that they, uh, Thrice came back around again. Oh, man. Like, they're yeah. one of my favorite bands of all time. And now... Uh, Actually, I mean, I don't know whether I should be talking about this, but interestingly enough, Lee had put me um, in touch with uh, Refuse, Refuse manager, and I might be working with uh, with Dennis from Refuse on some. Wow, some that's stuff. awesome! Yeah, Dennis wanted a suit, and I know Refuse's manager. Like he used to manage a friends band back in the day, and he'd obviously seen my suits and the grand of made and. Uh, yeah, he was like, Lee, I don't suppose your friend might be interested in uh, making a suit for Dennis from Refused. I was like, hell yeah, he would. <laughs> That's <laughs> like, awesome. You know, like yeah, soundtrack yeah. to our youth, really. Yeah, right? yeah. So, but, I mean, it's, it, it might – I don't know whether anything's going to – but, yeah, so we'll, we'll see. But it's certainly going to be interesting because, like, that's – again, it's going to be something that will be very creative. Well, I was, was chatting with Dennis after the show, and he was, he's really, like, excited about it. So I think it's mm – -hmm. yeah. Oh, cool. So we'll see. Watch this yeah. space, I guess. That's awesome. What's the uh, what's so okay? Again, you've been in you've been in great things. You've been in you know Game of Thrones, Fantastic Beasts, uh, other things like that. But this is like, I feel like this movie is is just so massive, historically, culturally. Um, it's it's so big and it's it's pushing boundaries. What's the crazy situation you found yourself in because of maybe the reach that this movie has gotten now? The fact that, okay, so Emma Tillinger-Koskov uh, produced Joker. She's like the loveliest lady ever. Like, you, I sort of forgot that she was the producer because she was just like so hands-on. She'd be there like every day on set. She'd just come and sit and chat, you know. And um, it was really cool be, like, becoming friends with her over the filming. And uh, she obviously, she's like Scorsese's right-hand woman. You know, she's the new, like, mega producer. She's amazing. And she produced um, The Irishman as well. And, um, yeah, about a week before the London premiere for The Irishman, I got a message off of Emma on Instagram. <laughs> it's weird getting messages on Instagram from people like that, you know. And uh, she, she invited me along as her guest for The Irishman premiere, oh, which wow. was incredible. And she introduced me to Scorsese. And then um, there, was she, like, there was a after-party uh, for the end of the film festival, the London Film Festival. But then she was like, before we went in to watch the movie, she was like, okay, at least, so ignore that after party. We're, like, there's another real after party somewhere else. And um, so we were like, me and my friend Steve were like one of the first people to get there after the movie. And there was about five to ten people there for a while. And uh, I ended up sat next to Al Pacino and I got to chat to him for that. <laughs> for about an hour or something and it's just like do you know what I mean it's just certain situations like that you never expect to find yourself in you know and he yeah. was just the coolest dude you know what I mean like people say don't meet your idols but you really should because like, he is just yeah he did not disappoint he, there was zero kind of ego he was just like but he was still super cool you know yeah. <laughs> awesome 
And yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that was the most bizarre, the b- most bizarre situation that's mm. happened so far. Wow. Hey, I have one final <laughs> question about. Uh, I, 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 see, I see the best, the best, oh the, the best, the best quote. Like, so we were chatting a lot at the beginning of the party, <clears> and um, <throat> as he was leaving. It's cool. He sort of like came to say goodbye to me, which was awesome. But then he said, he was like, he hadn't seen Jerky yet, but as he said goodbye, I was like, I'm going to go watch your clown movie. And I was like, yeah, going to watch this awesome. clown movie. So, yeah. <laughs> That's the coolest thing. I'm going to go watch your clown movie. I'm going to go I'm watch your clown like, movie now. I love the idea of him sat there watching and oh, that's my little friend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that should be a new meme. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Scarface is <That's> scary. <laughs> hey, I do have one uh, last question about Joker. So when you go to the London premiere, that's the first time you've seen the final movie. What yeah. was your first impression? Oh, I blew my mind. Just like the cinematography, the like the score. Yeah, it's just obviously I'd read the script and I was there obviously for the filming of my scenes. Um, yeah, you have no idea what it's going to look like visually with exactly, everything else. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I I had a sense, but it just even just like the the way they did the titles and everything, you know, like just the the whole feel of it was just such a cool throwback to you know Todd. You know, he says he, he was heavily influenced by um, all of the old school, Scorsese films, you know. Right. Tax Driver and, like, um, King of Comedy. And, like, you really can – it does have that feel. Yeah, it's, right. it's, it's amazing. I don't know, yeah. Todd is – yeah, he's uh, a bit of a genius, I think. He's, yeah. And he, do you know what I mean? Like, cause I think a lot of people before it came out were thinking, oh, the hangover guy? But I yeah. love that. But I do too. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm here for the gangbang. <laughs> <laughs> that's him. That that. And uh, yeah, that's in yeah, yeah, that's, in yeah, yeah. That's and he's the one that's he's the one that uh, sucks the girl's toes on the coach on on um road trip. Is it road trip? <laughs> <laughs> like I, I, was, I was a little disappointed that Todd didn't have a, his cameo in this because he always appears as the same character. Some creep. Yeah, yeah, with his like. Afro wig that he wears. Yeah, it's like it's like a stuff, though, like especially with the hangover and stuff. Like the forefront of it is, you know, you're going to watch a comedy movie, so you're not paying attention to the aesthetic of it. But still, like in terms of cinematography, those films were actually, you know, pretty stunning. Like, yeah. So it's obviously going to kind of, you know, he's got that create flair, I think, for it. But yeah. man, aesthetically, Joker was just and the score as well. Yeah. It's so funny, like, you know, we're talking about the aesthetic, we're talking about the score, cinematography, and then not just all that, but also the social commentary of how people thought that, oh, you know, the news was portraying this film to be some sort of love letter to incels, and is it going to romanticize violence? And it's, in my opinion, complete opposite. It kind of shows society, look what happens when you're a piece of shit to people. Yeah. Look at look at when you're like and it's it, my dad called me and spoke to me about this movie for two hours on the phone because <laughs> because it was so significant to him and he was telling me he's like I feel horrible now anytime that I pass a homeless person or I ignore someone begging for change and you ignore it you pretend it's not there like you don't yeah. care about the plight of the everyday man who's you know below you 
And it's like this movie is changing the way I think about how I treat people. You know, it's it's not not just about being sympathetic, but actually legitimately scared. (laughs) Yeah. Next person you pass on the street might be the next mass shooter or whatever. Right. Well, I I just I saw the movie uh, after just coming back for a vacation from New York City, and I saw Arthur's everywhere. Yeah. On the subways, on the streets, I saw Arthur's everywhere. And so I was sitting watching that movie going, and it was taking me back to the people that I saw in New York. It's pretty yeah. hit me pretty heavy. Yeah. But, and it's, but even if even without that, like I kind of feel like just addressing those concerns, like from a political point of view, the movie didn't do that at all. It didn't glorify any of it. Like no, you, no, you no. sympathized with him until just that moment where he snapped, yeah. and then. Yeah, I mean, yeah. especially you know, watching him kill his own mom and stuff. You're like, okay, no, I don't really right. like this guy too much anymore. Right. But I think it gives like I think a lot of people are uncomfortable with how much of a realistic, um, sh- like showing it is of, of mental health problems. Mm. You know, because right. what Dean is just next level. You know, he he really. I've never seen anyone go so far into a character and. Um, he, the way it comes across on screen, like gives you shivers, you know, like, mm. and I think a lot of people are uncomfortable seeing that like uh, mental health issues on such on such a realistic way, you know, like, yeah, they might you might have someone that's all oh, like depressed in a movie, but like this in this movie, he's in every scene, he's in every shot, so you really go through it with it. So that's what's unique about this film. It's not just you'll see one character who's depressed and then it'll cut away to two happy people somewhere else. You know, you're, you're with him throughout the whole movie. Mm -hmm. So you're following his, you know, decline, like his mental struggles. And because you're literally, you're with someone with that, who's that troubled for the entire movie. Some people are uncomfortable with that, but I think it's important to shine a mirror on, on issues like that. And it, yeah, it's good. Make people feel uncomfortable, and then maybe you know they won't ignore it when, if they think someone's going through something, you know, talk to them about it. Right. Be nice. Be a Gary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag be Gary. Yeah. So there's a lot of talk for this movie being up for a lot of like you know Academy Awards and and stuff like that. Do you think you'll come over for? the awards so i've never done anything of this scale before so i don't know how it all works fuck i'm gonna have like, to do another suit that's what i was about yeah. to say <laughs> no, a couple of them man because you got golden globes yeah you got you got the uh you got the golden globes you got the academy awards you got the uh the screen actors guild you're gonna have to make about five or six. Oh, fuck. Awesome. <laughs> maybe, maybe to cut down on some of the work you'll have to do for the linings, we'll just provide you with a logo, and one of the linings can just be Bat Force Radio logos. Oh, that'll work. So I've actually got a question for you guys, like as, as fans. Like, obviously, there's a lot of buzz going up to this movie, and I think none of us has. I mean, I had probably a little bit more of an insight into it than anyone else. Not that I had any spoilers, but. I had a feeling that it was going to be something special and it was going to deliver, but I think the fan base at large sort of was probably a little bit nervous about how yes. it was going to come across. Very much. What was the point in the movie where you were like, okay, yeah, this this is Joker. This is, we've, we've got him. We've nailed it. 
because for for me there was this moment, this pivotal moment in it, which just made me shake. Where um, he's getting hounded by his boss, right, yeah. and that creepy grin just comes across his face, uh, which is just that perfect mix of when like, he's saying to give, uh, give the sign back, he's like, "Why would I give the yeah, sign?" And he just right? starts smiling. He's that like, was yeah. I was like, "That's Joker. That's yeah. that's that's like there's nothing there's nothing that's come closer than that." In a in a cinema role yeah. to to the Joker, right? Yeah. That was that was it for me. But I was wondering what you know what part of the movie was that? For know, me, what, it was we, in the subway when the Wall Street asshole guys were picking on him, and he had the gun, and he you know it, it the gun went off, and he realizes I've got the power. Yeah. And then he chases the third guy down and you could <clears throat> you could see him like he's no he was no longer scared of this thing that he had in his hand anymore. Yeah. And he was mm-hmm. going that way and he stalked the guy down. And then he went and ran into the bathroom and went into his transformation dance like yeah. kind of almost like Buffalo Bill from uh you know. Oh yeah. 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 Lambs. Silence of the Lamb. So that to me, I was like, okay, he's evolving mentally. It's no longer where he's, uh, you know, just getting beat down. He's he's evolving. Yeah, good. That's a good scene to point out too, Gramps, because I feel like at that moment for me is when you separate from feeling any kind of sympathy for this guy to, okay, now he's making a choice. He's stalking this guy, this last guy to kill. He's murdering that last guy. So for the audience, for me, that's when I made the separation from from Arthur to myself. Was like, all right, this guy's now going. He's he's now making choices that I would never make. I do not feel sorry for this guy anymore. Um, yeah, because you know people don't, and I I don't think for a large part of me, people aren't bad. You know, people are good. It's just that bad things happen to people, and they have a choice whether they want to go left or right. And exactly. you know. Some people make choices where they get in situations they can't get out of or they don't want to face the consequences. And then it starts spiraling out of control. And that's kind of where I felt with Arthur. Yeah. And yeah, he, you know, people shit on him. I mean, and a lot of what his bad choices were reaction to that. And then also part of the film shows that he didn't want to face the consequences. He didn't go to the police, you know, to, to admit to the murders, but um, I'm yeah, the bridge. <laughs> right. <clears throat> he starts to like it little by little. Yeah, he, he starts evolving. He starts yeah. changing. I think um, as fans of uh, this character and as fans of the overall mythos of you know comics and Batman, um, we're as a group. I feel like we're all pretty. We're grown men. We're pretty optimistic as far as like we're not going to hate something just because it's an idea that's out there. If it's not for us, it's not for us. We're not going to watch it. We're not going to talk about it. You know, when this movie was first entered, or I remember specifically talking about this with the rest of the guys. We're like, "What the fuck? They're making an origins Joker movie? Like, do we really need this? And if so, how is it going to get done?" But the people that were attached to it at the time, it was like, "Oh shit, Scorsese's involved!" Like. Okay, well, this is, I mean, that sounds interesting. It so was we were very still confusing. Yeah. Because, yeah. Well, because they had, you know, all the Zack Snyder, 
you know, Man of Steel, Batman v Superman, Justice League, uh, the Suicide Squad tied into that. And everyone was under the impression that maybe they were going to keep going with this combined universe. But then there was even talk of a standalone Jared Leto movie. Uh, and and I was like, well, I was kind of confused. I was like, well, how, how can you have two Joker movies? What, how is that going to work together? This one killed that. One. Right, Thank yeah. God. Right. Rest in peace, Jared Leto's Joker. <laughs> but, to go back yeah. to the question, uh, one of the parts that made me realize that they were getting Joker was when they were illustrating that he didn't perceive the world as it really was. You know, when we started to see that he was imagining uh, a relationship with, with his neighbor and he was imagining that the audience uh, at the comedy club was loving, uh, his, his act. And that really resonates with Joker in the comics because Joker doesn't see things rationally. He doesn't see the world as it actually is. Right. Uh, there was a recent uh, story in the comics, just a short story from, uh, Tom King and Clay Mann, uh, mm-hmm. leading up to the Batman and Catwoman wedding where Joker presumes that he's going to get an invitation to their wedding. And to receive this invitation, he lets himself into some random man's house and holds the man at gunpoint, waiting for the mail to come. Because, well, of course I'm going to be invited to their wedding. And why wouldn't my invitation just come to this house? So he's holding this guy hostage in his own home and tells him, don't worry. If my invitation comes, I'm not going to kill you. Right. Okay, uh, that makes sense. Why, Why wouldn't it show up here? And then in the end, you know, he he just kills the guy regardless. But you know, that's he, just Joker doesn't. Does <laughs> he he sees no. He picks up a random piece of mail and is like, "Here it is." Oh yeah, wow! Just, really? that, yeah, that's that it, But then kills him anyway. It's one but of my that, favorite Joker stories. That, really that's cool. exactly how Joker is. Like he he isn't perceiving the world the same way we are. You know, he thinks everyone was laughing at his jokes. He thought he had this this regular romantic relationship with his neighbor and th- yeah. yeah, that, that all jived with, with who he is. Yeah. I, um, I was hesitant. Um, the first, the first notion that I got that, okay, even if I don't like this as a Joker movie or a comic book movie, this is probably going to be a really good fucking movie was the first trailer when they dropped the first trailer and it was, uh, synced up to the music they used for it. I was like, Holy fuck, this looks amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, after that first trailer, I was excited to see the movie. Still very hesitant as far as like, man, what are they going to do with this universe? What are they going to do with this character? You know, it's a one shot. So it's kind of like if it sucks, you know, at least it's just one and done. And then when I was watching the movie, what I love about the movie is I can kind of sink into it and completely forget that it's a comic book movie because you can make this movie about anybody. It could be about any man and it still tells a similar story of, you know, what this guy is going through. It doesn't have to be the Joker. It could be fucking Charles Manson. It could be Jeffrey Dahmer. It could be the milkman or whatever, but it's a compelling, amazing, gritty story at a, at a sick society that this man lives in who's already sick. And um, the moment when I knew it was a fucking masterpiece of a movie, like I was 
I was completely, I was sunk in. I was in that movie, like not paying attention to anything else. But it was at the end when he gets out of the patrol car and he's standing on top of the patrol car and he turns and that mob of people are cheering and looking up at him. And he's got the the makeup on his face and he takes the blood and turns it into a smile. I fucking cried then. I cried in that moment. And then uh, when they when they tied it into uh, Batman with uh, the alley scene, that made me fucking lose it. I was like, oh, my God, they wrapped this shit up in a bow for us. And like that was the cherry on top. And I, I up until that moment. I had no idea that they were going to try to even tie it into Batman. I know that they were going to make nods to the characters and Thomas Wayne was in it and Bruce was in it, but I didn't think they were going to like go as far as to show the birth of the character like that. And it was at that moment in that scene when I was like, holy shit, this movie's a fucking masterpiece. And, um, I know what you said, like, you know, um, Graham, when you mentioned, like, you know, disrespect to anybody involved in the movie, actually more so as a form of respect and as a form of honoring it, like, it's almost impossible to to do a sequel. It's almost impossible to touch this thing because it's so fucking perfect right now. Like, where do you go? And I told some people this because they, you know, they were Batman guys, we're comic book guys. So they always ask us, like, what did you think of the movie? And I told them, honestly, like, it made me a little depressed because... How dare they make something that fucking good? <laughs> you know, like how 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 can you where do you go from that? Like how do you not do something how do you not screw it up or how do you make something as good? It's just almost it's a perfect it's a perfect movie and it's like if it never gets a sequel that's okay by me. It, you know? It's now the new baseline. Yeah. And yeah. Like okay, everything that comes after this better be it's, as yeah. good. Better oh. be as good. Is it as good as Joker though? It was good, yeah, but was it better than Joker? Was it better than Joker? You know, <laughs> that's gonna be the question. Standard, so, yeah, that's gonna be a tough call. Yeah, and what's what I find kind of interesting is that they've just decided to draw a line under Suicide Squad, and they're like, "Well, let's just make another one. Let's just start." Oh, no. And um, so I'm no like, one asked for that. Nervous about <laughs> the Batman, you know, especially learning that uh, Affleck's not gonna be involved. Like, I mean, I love. Affleck's probably my favorite on-screen Batman. Like I just thought, now like the yeah, like amongst Frank, you're amongst good company. Yeah, we agree. (laughs) Oh man, just he nailed that kind of. He's got the right shape. He does. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's a good-looking guy. Nice ass chin. Yeah. (laughs) So like it was, it was like seeing, you know. Dark Knight Returns come to life. So it was like, oh man, it's huge for me, right? It's just beautifully done. So now, like, there's the nerves over Pattinson and, and the Batman and stuff, which, you know, I think he's going to nail it. Great. Yeah, he's really great actor. Um, but I'm still a little bit kind of disappointed in that. And, like, you know, like you say, with, with how huge Joker is and just how much of a masterpiece it is, I'm, I'm nervous to be disappointed. By Batman movie. But I, I want to see Joaquin playing Joker as much as possible. Right. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's, yeah. he's just mesmerizing to yeah. watch as, as that character. And, like, yeah. Uh, right. You can never have enough of a good thing. That's, well, you can. <laughs> so I, I have no worries if they do a sequel. Too much of a good Dude, thing. I can't wait for Fast and the Furious 720. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. 
Yeah, I don't. You know, I, I wouldn't like to see it become a, a franchise. It's going to achieve it. It's just such. Yeah. It's such a masterpiece. I just want. I just want to do the movies again. So I had the time of my life. Oh man! Yeah. In, in New York filming, that was uh, yeah. It's, Gary Spinner. That's what we it's need. What, you know, I started acting, and you, you know, you never really actually expect to get to that point when you're working on something like that. You know. So selfishly, I'd love it if they if they made a whole bunch of them. And I don't, I don't care if you guys think they're not as good. <laughs> I just want to play Gary. And, and, do you want to play Nice not Gary or Twisted Evil Gary? Oh, was, was, was Gary... Uh, I think we need a four-foot red hood, actually. Maybe. <laughs> because I think, I think Joker would recruit Gary into some of his schemes, and then Gary... Well, you're talking about Gaggy. There's like, like some people have said maybe he's a nod to that, which makes sense, you know. Or I've had loads of people messaging me saying, "Oh, you should play uh, Penguin." And it's like, <laughs> I think that's just because they've got a big nose. But nah. <laughs> you know, it's like obviously Danny DeVito played Penguin, but he's, you know. Hey, Jonah yeah. Hill just pulled out, so yeah. There you go. Well, you know what I mean? I, I think that was. Penguin's not meant to be a, like a, a milk person, is he? Like a dwarf. No, it's just no. Danny DeVito just nails just it. Just a fat fuck. Just fat, yeah. 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 You could be uh, like Scarface from the animated series. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, shit. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'd, just, I'd be happy to uh, just work with Todd and Joaquin again. Yeah. If, if we don't get another Joker movie, maybe we get a fourth Hangover movie, and Gary has some new friends. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that'd be fun. Just follow you around for a weekend. Get a tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tattoo of Joker on your face. I just uh, speaking of cultural impact, um, I just sent you guys on Instagram a picture of I, so, I showed the guy. I think actually we posted it on our page of uh, Blink One Eighty Two played. Uh, um, a festival oh, out yeah, here in Los it. Angeles, oh, and they oh. all, yeah, they dressed up as uh, Joaquin Phoenix's Joker for Halloween. Yeah, Fuck, so sick. That's cool, right? Yeah. So, I mean, that's just that's the impact this movie is having, man. It's like rock stars are starting to wear Joker uh, outfits on stage I, like this. I make Gary costumes though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, we need to like patent the egg in a bush hairstyle. I, think. Bush hairstyle. <laughs> I think you guys need to start a new band and call it Egg in a Bush. Reunion, <laughs> yeah. That could be our first album. But it was kind of perfect that you talked about uh, old costumes from when you were a kid. Uh, yeah. so we do a light, we do a thing called the lightning round here, where it's just kind of goofy, lighthearted questions, just to to get to know people. So a tradition that we have is each guest leaves a question for the next guest. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. so okay. Our previous guest that we had on uh, was Jim Fletcher. He's the creative director at DC Collectibles. You know, he's, he's pretty much the man in charge of all of their statues and action figures and everything. Awesome. And he wanted to know what was the worst Halloween costume you ever had to run around the neighborhood in as a kid, and that's for both of you. Yeah. Oh, Worst. I mean, like, I think it's probably the same over there. Like, the budget one, you know, bed sheet with eye holes cut out. That's like crappiest. But like, when I be, like I say, like from my teenage years, I, I 
took Halloween pretty seriously. <laughs> and uh, like my ex-girlfriend was like six foot, and uh, I'm four foot. So we always did interesting. <laughs> uh, we always did interesting uh, couple costumes, which sounds really sad, doesn't it? But like we did a funny oh, one. Great. She dressed as Geppetto once, and I was Pinocchio. <laughs> that was funny. Um, I remember there was that we went to a Halloween party once. I was uh, Superman. I, I wore this like kids like suit, but it was very inappropriate. Like, remember that? It was very inappropriate. Oh, time. It was just yeah. I, I, I didn't realise until I got there. I was like, oh, wow, everyone can just look at my penis all day. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> I felt very self-conscious wearing that. <laughs> there, there was a point where we would, we would dress you up like every weekend. It was like our fun. You know, oh, where yeah, we just go God. out and just film people's reactions to yeah, you, like, like dress. Mike like, was a big, like, Monsters, Inc. Yeah, Mike was a great one. <laughs> if, if we saw like, a stupid, stupid kid's costume, we'd just get it because yeah. I could fit in them. And, uh, like, back in the day when, like, before Jackass and stuff, where it was, like, CKY, like, a lot of our friends, like, with skateboard and stuff, we had, like, a big old crappy uh, camcorder. And, like, we'd just go out and muck about and do stupid videos and, and it was always funny to put me in a stupid costume and like walk around the supermarket or whatever and <laughs> fill, fill up fill up my car with petrol like and they're like is that kid is that kid like I was, I, one time I wore this like Mike from Monsters Inc costume <laughs> and, like, and filled up my car with petrol and walked in and like people were like is that kid filling up a, a car and driving it away you know like, <laughs> awesome yeah I didn't. I didn't really. I can't really think of any of my costumes, to be honest. Like, oh, one time. So yeah, my, me and my had another in uh, a couple one, where she was Bo Peep and I was a sheep. <laughs> <laughs> she looked hot. I think I probably looked adorable as sheep. So it's quite embarrassing. Though. That was her idea. I felt like an idiot, like at first, <laughs> but now I'm not. At least she looked hot as Bo Peep. Yeah, I don't have. I, I can't top both people in a sheep. I'm afraid. I, mean, I lived in Japan for a while. I think when we did Halloween out there, I couldn't decide whether I was going to be a zombie, a ninja, or a pirate. So I just went as all three, <laughs> like as a zombie, ninja, pirate. Um, do they do Halloween big over there? No, not well. Uh, kind of, but it's um where I was living at the time was at this just really odd place up in the mountains, which is basically like an English village in the mountains where Japanese people can go to be in like to culturally immerse themselves in English culture uh, without actually leaving the country. So it was, it, they'd take, you know, the, the reason we were celebrating Halloween was because that's what yeah. something that we would do here. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, no, that's where that came about. But, um, eh, nothing all that interesting for me. Yours were always the, the big ones. Yeah. yeah. Gizmo was always my favorite one of yours though. Yeah. I think like, Visually, though, Jigsaw was the best. That, that was like watching you were freaking people out. And it's just when I cycled into the party, everyone was like, What the fuck? <laughs> the Halloween party was like in full swing, and then I just cycled in as Jigsaw. Yeah, that disturbed oh. a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> that would be disturbing. So, uh, spending a lot of time filming in New York, do you have a preference for type of pizza? Do you like the New York thin style or do you like some other type of maybe like deep dish I, style? I, I prefer thin. 
Yeah. Yeah. I spent a lot of time in Italy as well, and there's there's always that uh, oh. thing, isn't there? Like, um, if you turn Sicilian? on Italian, um, yeah, um, hang on, hang on, uh, Nap. Napoli. So what Napoli, would you call it? Yeah. Not Napoleon. Neap- is Neap- that Neapolitan. Neapolitan. Yeah. Neapolitan pizza, yeah. Okay. It's, it's quite, it is good, but I think American pizza is better. <laughs> Go USA. Controversial. Con- <laughs> like, so I just had an Italian film come out where I had to act in Italian. I was an evil scientist that kidnapped kids and tried to steal their superpowers. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> But um, yeah, it's weird. Like over there, like the pizzas are great, and they're so precious over it, and like what you can and can't put on it. But like, yeah, I think I think New York pizza is way better. So wow. there's that. There's, there's me losing Italian, Italian yeah. fans. But, Show it up your ass, Italy. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> your no, pi- your pizza's mean, good, but it kind of sucks compared to New York pizza. I've, it's I've too oily. Been, they I've, put too much oil on everything. I've, I've only ever been to the states once. When I was really young, but I've. I love Chicago style pizza, and there's a great oh, place. In um, again, I spent a lot of time in in Japan, but there's this insane Chicago style pizza place in in Tokyo. You can't get good pizza in Tokyo. You can't. It's just nowhere to be found. Uh-huh. Um, there's this place called Devil Craft that does like craft beers and stuff. It's run by a few American guys, um, and they've got this amazing place in Canada where you can get like legit Chicago style like deep dish pizzas. And oh man, the yeah, not just the best pizzas in Japan, like the best pizza I've ever had. So good. Wow. Yeah. It's a statement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've so, actually got a, sli- a slice of pizza tattooed on my foot. That's how much I ate pizza. <laughs> <laughs> um, do I need to come up with a question for your next guest? Yeah. yeah that's gonna be- well, we'll do that kind of at the end. But oh, okay, be thinking sure. of it. Keep it. Keep it. Keep it yeah. in the back. Let it marinate. Yeah, yeah. So, who's your uh, favorite football club to support? Um, I'm more of a UFC guy, sports wise. Yeah. But uh, my okay. family, my family are all Scousers. So, if I had to, I'd pick Liverpool. Liverpool. But I don't. I don't give. I don't give a fuck about football. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't. Like I've never been a big. Well, I guess you guys call it soccer, right? But I, soccer. I just. It's not so much the game. Like I've got nothing against the game. It's the people that play it are just the worst. Player kind or of people. Players or watching players. Oh. Well, watching it too, you know. Yeah, you just, know, and there's a whole like football hooligan. Culture. Yeah, I mean, it's it's so Makes, big here. Like you, yeah. you don't really, unless you're in like an English pub when you know England's playing or whatever. You, you just don't get a scope for it. And people are so obsessive and so defensive about it. It's oh like, yeah. Oh, it's a, you know, it's a handful of. Like, just these hooligans. Uh, yeah, well, they're guys with just weak constitutions that care more about their haircut than anything else. Kicking a pigskin into an outdoor cupboard, like that's all it is. <laughs> an outdoor cupboard. <laughs> that's all it is. Right? It's just there's, there's nothing interesting about it to me. Like I, I've always been a big martial arts guy, so like okay. I love watching. Um, you know, grappling is like for the in the past few years the. the way that grappling's going now and becoming a bit more mainstream like that's you know i, I love watching that it's like yeah it's um, joe rogan called it like what's he call it Ch- chess with dire consequences or something like that can't remember but it's like you know watching two guys trying to strangle each other is just i don't know it's fascinating to me to watch like, <laughs> yeah it's, it's a great time for me and, uh, um i'm not a big 
studied Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, but not all that much of it. But the element of judo that I love the most is the ground grappling stuff. Because I'm a small guy, generally, and I'm generally always on the bottom of the fight. But like the idea that I can dominate someone from that position yeah. is, yeah, it's, it's just, yeah, it's a fascinating kind of thing. And watching two guys at the like highest level going at it, it's, oh man, yeah, love it. But yeah, fuck football, basically. Fuck football! <laughs> <laughs> Gary, what, what kind of guitar do you play? Um, I haven't played in ages now. It's really bad. And we'd actually talked about doing a reunion. Yeah, he went so far as to buy a new Yeah, I went for new bass and stuff. And then I, I, uh, I think it's probably my fault we haven't. We're going to do yeah. a reunion show. I think it's my fault we haven't. You're a busy guy. Yeah, I've got Good a Jackson. Boy. So, like, for me, like, um, it's more about it needs to be light. I kind of like, I love like Les Pauls and stuff, but they, yeah. Got to, like, for me, especially, it's just they, they yeah, kill, got a kill bird, my back. Right. As well, so yeah. I remember when you bought the Firebird and then you couldn't play it because it was too, too heavy. heavy. Yeah. yeah, that's what I play. <clears throat> what, what kind? Nice. What kind of air guitar do you play? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Here's a better. What song do you rock out to on air guitar? Oh, see, I'm, what is I'm, your go-to I'm, air guitar I'm song? A big Iron Maiden fan. Like when it comes to <laughs> air guitar and like just. Yeah, I made. In fact, I've got an interesting story about Iron Maiden. So one of our mutual buddies, Justin, used to tech for Iron Maiden. Well, I know Griffin oh, Dickinson. I know Bruce Dickinson's son. Oh, really? Griffin. I don't know. Yeah. But um, so when Plays I was in a band called Shapes. 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 Oh, but Shapes it, are great. But they want to like instead of the A, it's like a V. So Shapes. But <laughs> they're, they're awesome. You're always interrupting. It's crazy. I'm trying to tell the story. Um. <laughs> So when I was living in Japan, Justin messaged me and was like, hey, Iron Maiden's coming out to Japan. We're doing two dates in Japan. Come and hang out. Like, I'll get you backstage passes. Um, you know, come and hang out. The like, stay at the hotel with us. You know, hang with the band and stuff. So I was losing my fucking mind at this point. Um, so I'd settled it with work that I'd kind of go down there for the weekend. Like, you know, yeah, losing my mind completely. And um but that day it transpired was the day of the big quake, right, in Japan. So I get to Tokyo. I'm on my way to the hotel. Um, and then 15 minutes before their plane lands, um, the big the big one happens. You know, earth shaking, um, tsunamis, all the rest of it. They get diverted. And then I'm stuck in Tokyo for like two weeks. Can't get back. You know, it's... Uh, yeah, so that was that was utterly wild. Like, especially being in that area of Tokyo. I don't know whether any of you guys know Tokyo, but like being in that the skyscraper skyscraper districts, you know, in around Shinjuku, like watching the buildings sway and like not being able to stand up because the earth's like just heaving so intensely, like fucking terrifying, man. And, and, and that, um, that made you want to play air guitar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think about that every time I rock out to Iron Maiden. I was like, oh man, like. <laughs> Only I have that sort of bad luck where I'm like going to meet some of my idols and uh, <laughs> Japan just campus. decides to fucking chew me up and spit me out. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. I like a bit of Skid Row. Yes, Skid Row. Nice. Um, for us, yeah. Sebastian Bach. Yeah. Oh, oh, man. Wrecking Ball. Yeah. Sebastian Bach's doing a tour right now in the US. <laughs> oh, really? Cool. Yeah, he's on tour right now. But it's, it's kind of messed up. Uh, his house is really close to the fires that are happening over here. So, oh, yeah. yeah, I don't know if he had to cancel early or not, but he was out there doing a solo tour. Damn. 
Graham, I've got a story that kind of uh, compete with yours. I'm not sure if it's as big as an earthquake, but I really like some of the UK indie bands, especially like Stereophonics. And they they never come to the US to tour. And um, they put out an album. It's probably been, well, six years ago. And they announced some dates on the east and west coast. And a buddy of mine get some flights to come out to Los Angeles to uh, see them at, I think it's called like Ford theater. It was on uh, Hollywood Boulevard. Super pumped. Fonda. Yeah. I'm super pumped. My buddy bells some work thing. So I'm like, fuck it. I'll go by myself. Got a hotel, spent the whole day at the beach doing cool sightseeing stuff. Day of the show comes. I'm in line. And, um, the Fonda has a rooftop bar with like, um, like a video screen, and you could see them doing their sound check and kind of hear muffled sound inside. So I'm like, wow, cool! They're about to, you know, this is going to be great. And then about 15 minutes before the door opens, my back starts hurting me, and it's like cramping up. And I'm like, no, 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 no. this is not good. And it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. And this has happened to me before. And I knew exactly what it was. And I start talking to the people that are standing in line with me. And I'm like, do you guys know where the next hospital is? And they're like looking at me like, this guy's on drugs. What's going on? And I'm to the point in the pain where I'm like, I'm having a kidney stone. Oh, shit. And I'm like to the point where I'm like, I know I've got about this window of time before i'm either gonna need a ambulance or i'm just gonna go in the bar and just pound all the gin and tonics and they got till this go so i have to go speak spanish with the uh valet guys to get my car and drive myself across los angeles traffic to the nearest hospital which driven in los angeles they don't have – it's the worst, and they don't believe in left turn signals. So it, when the light turns red, about four cars just run it. Yeah. So I'm just trying to make a left turn, and I spent 30 minutes trying to make a left turn. And the whole time, this throbbing pain is just killing me. And I get to the hospital, and, again, I'm the only one that speaks English in this hospital. <clears throat> And I'm trying to fill out the paperwork and go into the bathroom to throw up. And then come back. I'm waiting. Go to the bathroom, throw up. This happens three times. Then finally someone comes up to me and says, every time you go to the bathroom, they call your name. Oh, Oh, shit. (laughs) So after all night being in the hospital, they discharge me. I walk out. I have to go to the bathroom. I piss out this little flake of a kidney stone and collect it in the cup and walk up to them. They're like, yep, that's it. You're good to go. Oh, man. Jesus. Not the rock that I wanted to see. Yeah, yeah. Rock. Oh, shit. Yeah. How do they even happen? How do you get those? Salt. How do you you get a stone in your kidney? Uh, Just a lot of salt. Is it salt? Protein. Just not, you know, not drinking enough water. 
I drink Coke. Drink sometimes they're genetic. Yeah. When I drink Coke, be genetic. I'm red like it's all red. Well, you all have to look forward to them. It's not, yeah. 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 Yeah, man. I'm such a sugar, sugar friend. Who's your favorite band? Oh, uh, oh the, the Gaslight oh. Anthem. Oh, cool. Yeah. Well, they're kind of on hiatus, so I guess one less about now. It, um, unlike this, sort of like just melodic rock side, I'd say the Menzingers. Okay. Um, and on the heavier side, um, I'm going to shout out two French bands. Oh, you're unbelievable. Straight from the path. You've got to check them out. They've just got a new album out this week, which is mm. banging. <laughs> and then, uh, and oh, like one of my best friends' band, Polar. Yeah, Polar. Polar is sick. Yeah, yeah. they're a British band. Good. Yeah. Okay. Graham, your favorite bands? Um, probably the most... Uh, I'd probably say Thrice. Like Thrice. Thrice nice. the, yeah. One of those bands that every time they put out a new record, I just seem to be in the right mindset for that music. And I just like find Dustin is, is one of the most incredible songwriters that's out there. Like he's just got a beautiful voice, like the way he you know, the emotion that's behind what he's doing. It's just every single album is gold. Like it's just yeah. It's and I'm I'm all for like I'm always I've always been a big like lyric guy. Like right. back when I was writing songs, it was all for me about the lyrics. Like I wouldn't just churn out as much as I could. Like I had to be sort of happy with it. And you know, his lyrics are all so poignant and, and just what they stand for as well. You know, they're good guys. Um, yeah. In terms of like how, uh, like where I, I don't know, one of the biggest bands for me is, I get a lot of shit for this is Dream Theater. Like, I, I no, really like dude. Fucking awesome, dude. Not like a big fan of the movie. Like, in the Portnoy days, I love them in, in particular, like Scenes from Memories. That's one of the most like influential albums for me yeah. ever changed everything but it is what turned me on to drums like i'm also a drummer as well and that, like listening to portnoy play drums on that album was like i didn't know this was possible like, i didn't know that drums could have a voice right and that was so that changed everything for me so that was yeah. so in particular their old stuff i'm like i'm quite into like hair metal and stuff like that so their their early days yeah. images and words you know change of seasons that kind of thing oh, yeah. octavarius yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Another consistently great band that we used to like, like what, from teens, uh, yeah. punk band. Because I used to love just like double time, fast yeah, punk, we like propaganda. Still oh, punk, yeah. They're Canadian, so right? Like, yeah. They're like, they're insane. So Those good. guys are sick. Yeah, yeah Graham. I uh, when I was in high school, I saw Thrice on the uh, Artist in the Ambulance uh, album cycle when they oh, played wow. live, and they played with uh, Darkest Hour, Poison the Well. Oh, and nice. other band that doesn't exist anymore, Moments in Grace, but they were really good. But uh, I saw them in this really old theater in Ventura, the Ventura Theater, and it was probably like one of the coolest. It was one of my, no, it wasn't my first concert, but it was like um, I hadn't been into those bands, like the thrice kind of bands necessarily. But after that, I saw them every tour they went on after that. So in college, I caught them on the, what was the one after that? Was it Visu after that one? Yeah, that's Visu, Yeah, that's like one think, of my favorite yeah, albums of all I think time. I've seen thrice on every album tour. Yeah. Like every time they're over here, I try to get. I've only seen them a couple of times, and I, I kind of regret that. Dude, like, they're great. Too, too busy now, I guess. But saw them. I saw them on the on the Artist in the Ambulance tour. I saw them on the Visu tour. Then they did the Alchemy Index right after that. 
Yeah, I think yeah. I saw them about three or four times. I saw them. I saw them before the Alchemy Index came out in this tiny little club in San Francisco called Slims. I was about maybe like two feet from the stage. That was pretty awesome. But yeah, Dustin, <laughs> that singer, um, that dude is like a he. I wouldn't consider him just a, like a lyricist. He's like a storyteller. The way he yeah, yeah. that's the, what what I love about him. Really. In fact, yeah. I've just recently started getting back in and back into playing. I've been doing some open mic nights and things like that, and. Um, just to, just to sort of you know, uh, I've kind of missed the singing kind of aspect. And I had like this set prepared that I would do um, when I went to do my first one like a couple of weeks ago. I was like, oh, you know, I'll just I'll do a few tracks. Had my ideas as to what I was going to do. And when I got up there, all I played was thrice songs. <laughs> I uh-huh. thought, like just changed. It was just like, no, this is all I really want to do. <laughs> awesome. Like, yeah, words in the water for me is like just one of. It's one of the most beautiful songs ever written. Just Man, that that's right. so that's that's a great example of like this like his songwriting in general, where it's like storytelling, yeah. and even if and, you're someone that doesn't like even listen to or know the message that he's like kind of spreading, it's yeah. insane to know that there's like that double meaning behind everything that he's ever done. Yeah, you know, and uh, but yeah, that that song in particular well, is a great example of it. I like I like that one, and I also love um the one that reminds me of that song is um oh god, it was on uh, Beggars. Um, what the one the one about the sinking ship? Um, I forget what it's oh. called, but it's very similar, and it's it's got that same kind of tone towards in the water. Mm-hmm. But yeah. yeah, that band's awesome. Not enough credit for those guys. No. If you guys could have a, a dinner with anyone in history, dead or alive, who would it be? All the source now. <laughs> okay. He's, okay. he's like the biggest Arnie fan. Straight he always up. has been. Yeah. The yeah. best actor in the world. <laughs> Serious. Because my 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 justification like of how you should see your like the best actor is who do you want to see in a movie more than anyone? And I'll be the first person to the cinema to watch Arnie in anything. I grew up like my dad like showing us like Predator and Commander and stuff like when we were way too young to watch it, but like that was my idea of a movie. Right. You know, just guns, explosions, <laughs> funny one liners. Like for me, like he's he's my favorite actor. And we even used the, like sound bites from his movies in our the first EP yeah. that we recorded. Hilarious. <laughs> sound bites from his movies. Um for me, um I think uh, I don't know whether. You, well, I think probably for me it's going to be Ricky Jay. Ricky Jay was a um, he was a magician and card mechanic uh, and an actor as well. Um, Wasn't expecting that. I don't even know who the hell that is. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> very influential influential yeah. for me. Like I'm I'm a big not so much the magic. I used to be like into doing card magic and things like that. Now I'm all about like sleight of hand and gambling routines and like cheating at the card tables and learning about this kind of stuff. And <laughs> Ricky Jay was like the first guy to introduce me to that. But like before that, I think what got me into music was uh, into magic was David Blaine, um, and that crazy. was obviously you know mind blowing. But when I came to like study and learn about it, I would find myself cringing at the idea of the magician as this like character, you know, just the banter and stuff the you want to see a card trick just like oh man like the least cool person you could be as a magician right <laughs> whereas ricky jay then introduced this character of the cheat 
you know, the guy at the card table that would just audaciously take everyone's money with the techniques that he knew and putting his life on the line for it. He was just the coolest never guy. Never playing poker against you. <laughs> just the coolest guy in the world. Like, a fan- amazing actor. Like, very intelligent. Um, you know, he's a magic historian. And, and you know, he was a, a bit of an introvert, like, quite a quiet guy, like, kept to himself and stuff. I wish I could have met him. Um, you know, unfortunately, never kind of got around to seeing him or doing anything like that. But And he died recently. Um, but I think he would be the most interesting person to have a conversation with. Come on, yeah. Arnie, dude. Oh, man. You're <laughs> <laughs> way more fun. Cheers. Look, the last time I came over, though, legitimately, when I when I walked in the door, he had twins on, on yeah, the yeah. TV. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> I, I, I love that, that line in Twins where he Danny DeVito's like, wait, you get the intelligence and the strength? And all the leftover shit comes to me or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's uh, this uh, Bill Hader, the actor comedian, yeah, um, yeah. talks about when he was like first starting out, he was like a he was like a gopher on set for um, um, Collateral Damage, the movie with Arnold. Oh. Yeah, and he well, said yeah, he's still in the cinema. I remember that. Yeah. Collateral damage. Yeah. So he, he was so he was on set just kind of being like an assistant, like and um uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger was like getting his uh, like he was gonna get his hair or makeup done, but I guess like the guys weren't there yet. So he comes out of his trailer and he sees Bill Hader right there and he goes, "Where are uh, where are Eric and Greg?" And I guess those were his hair and makeup guys. And then <laughs> and then Bill Hader goes, "Oh, uh, they're they're over there. Do you want me to go get them?" And then Arnold Schwarzenegger says, "Yes, go get them. Show me your leadership capabilities." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jamie, you do the best impression. That's fucking awesome. <laughs> Show me your leadership capabilities. <laughs> He's just yeah. It's just you with that guy. Yeah, that's yeah. Okay, can I change my answer? <laughs> <laughs> nope. I'm with Lee. I'm with Lee. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Do you have your question, maybe for our next guest? Do you know who the next guest is going to be, or do we have to just come up? Yeah, with you can. Okay. His name is his name is Jorge Fornes. He is a, a comic book artist. Okay. Okay. He's working on like Batman and Daredevil. He needs to put Gary in a book. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, how does he feel about putting it? In? Um, <laughs> yeah, it can be it can be about anything. Anything. Okay. Um, I guess going back to well. Yeah. Okay, if he could have, if he could have any, if he could put himself in a comic book or a movie, um, what kind of a death would would he have? What's uh, oh, oh. yeah, like on screen death? Like I if could, he had to choose his own on screen death, what would it be? And why? I'd love to die in something. I've never died. In <laughs> you almost did. Yeah, you almost sure did. Did. <laughs> yeah, I should have been a dick. <laughs> No. Uh, yeah, I'd love to die. So that's a great question. Thanks, man. How would I like to die? I'm not asking you. No, no, no. <laughs> okay, one, I, one, one death I thought was like really, really gross and cool in um, Tarantino's uh, *Inglorious Bastards*. Mm. Um, so there's an actor, Till Schweiger, who I, I did a couple of movies with him, and like he naturally, you know, like um, he plays Hugo Stiglitz in that film, and he's just oh, got yeah. like. 
naturally, his face, he just always looks like he hates you. Right. <laughs> like, even when you become like really friendly with him, he just naturally looks terrifying. And um, when he, he was directing a movie like that I was in with him, and um, all of the crew called his uh, trailer the Death Star, which was Awesome. <laughs> but, uh, he's actually a really lovely guy but in Inglourious Bastards there's one way he shoves his fist in this Nazi's mouth and just keeps forcing yeah. it I thought that was pretty gross that's quite that's cool. how that's how you want to die I mean if you're going to die in something you want it to be yeah, you want it to, you be, want it to big, be pretty right? full on right uh, the, yeah, I, the, I was very impressed with the deaths in the recent Rambo Yes. Like I've never, I've never witnessed a guy ripping another guy's heart out non-ironically in a movie. <laughs> that was quite something to behold. But that or was the guy super- that got his head like halfway decapitated. Yeah. Why is that always so much worse? Yeah, that is. Than- I mean, there's a, there's a comedy horror I like called Stitches, and uh, there's some hilarious deaths in that. So it's like a. a a clown. He's a murderous clown. And um, there's one where he has like a balloon pump thing that clowns all have. And um, he pumps up this person's head until it pops. That's quite fun. <laughs> <laughs> Inflating a guy's head until it pops. That's quite a funny death. You need to come up with a question. Oh, I thought that was the question. No, you've got to do one as well, I guess. Oh. Okay. Um, double question. Double. If, if you could play any character in any movie, what would it be? Play any character. Okay. Mine, mine was better, I feel. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. Play any character in any movie, and then how would he die? Yeah. There you go. There you go. Like it, yes. There you go. Well, would you guys like to plug whatever you're working on next and also how people find you on social media and, and your uh, Helian Sun shop? Yeah, I mean, anyone uh, anyone that's into, like, uh, style, sartorialism, any of that kind of stuff, it's uh, Helian Sun, H-E-A-L-Y-A-N-D-S-O-N on Instagram. I'm not really on Facebook. I am on Facebook, but I don't really use it. Uh, or heliansun.com. Um yeah, you'd like to see some of the sort of creative process that goes into this kind of thing. Um, that's me. Cool. Um, well, I did. I've got like a, a film out at the moment in Italy called Il Giorno Pubello del Mondo. You're gonna remember that one, aren't you? <laughs> what does that mean? I think Il it's Giorno Poblano Pepper. He's the greatest day in the world, which doesn't quite make sense, but that's what it. Yeah, that's what it. Translates. Sounds way better in Italian. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Uh, but then, uh, yeah, it's quite funny. Like, I, I play like a, a, yeah, an evil scientist. So, if you enjoyed Joker and seeing me as Gary, and you want to see me as something completely different, that that'll be a fun one to watch. It's actually a really good family uh, comedy. So, you know, watch it with subtitles and have a laugh from that. Mm-hmm. But then also, I've got a, uh, I did a, an independent movie, um, with. This awesome director, uh, Carlos Calica from uh, Portugal. Um, it's called Puto, P U T T O, and it's nice. uh, I, I play an assassin. And oh it, shit! It's going to be a short movie. It's going to be about twenty minutes. We, we're aiming to get it in film festivals next year, but it's going to be the most violent thing. <laughs> ever. 
So keep an eye out for that. But then if you want to find me on Instagram, it's uh, Lee.Gill. And it's L-E-I-G-H dot G-I-L-L. I'm now for social media stuff. So maybe that'll help me get some more followers. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I just followed both of you. There you go. Nice. Fun. Guys, this was fucking awesome. Yeah, it was a pleasure awesome. to have you both on. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Great fun. Lee's ready to go to the pub. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I need to get some food in me first, though. But, yeah. Uh, some tacos. Yeah, all that pizza talk is, uh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, thanks so much again, gentlemen. I hope you have a lovely evening. And, uh, yeah, thanks so much for everything. Hey, Gotham Dwellers. Make sure to stop everything right now and subscribe to Bat Force Radio. We can be found on iTunes and SoundCloud. Don't miss out. Guaranteed to satisfy all of your Batman and DC needs.